now, introducing the man who's decided to quit his job and spend the rest of his days chaperoning toddlers on cross-country road trips after realizing, quote, they are significantly more mature, sound of mind, and interesting than my 30-year-old producer, unquote. Despite being told that his investment in a now-defunct restaurant chain that specializes in nothing but wedge salads was both shrewd and nothing if not profitable, he found solace in the fact that he still owns several t-shirts with the catchphrase, quote, wedge me a new one, unquote, in block letters above his rear. He is Glenn Clark. Is this gymnastics thing still going on? Or They're not doing it. They're not showing it live. It's on Peacock. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. They are unbelievable, aren't they? It really they? is tremendous My work God, on their part. They are phenomenal. They love to just funnel you away. I don't I, I feel bad about that. I know Simone Biles might be the most amazing athlete on the face of the planet. I just don't care about gymnastics. It's not it's not a women versus men thing. I don't care about one. I, it's not my thing. I can be I, I, I I can, in a vacuum I can be amazed in, by what she does. In general, and I've said this before, I don't do well with judging sports. I hear you. And, and, well, it's and, also ridiculous that they judge her on a different well, yeah, standard. Well, that's, yeah, that's a... That's a like, she's that's too a, good, that's guys. we got to let them get too. closer. But I, it's not, I know that everybody was enjoying, like, the, um, the, the skateboarding at the Olympics. I don't... I, what? I don't know what... Oh, yeah, is bro. Is that a hang 10 thing? Yeah. Is that what <laughs> you're doing? I thought that was here. more... What the hell was that? Skateboarders, you know? How do you do, fellow teenagers? Um... <laughs> I it and judging sports will never be my thing. I'll, I'll never, I'll never get into it because it's it's too much for me to be able to say definitively this person was definitely better than the other person. I I don't I don't know that. That's left to somebody else's opinion. That's left to uh, sports for me have always been. There's a way to determine a winner and a loser, and that sure. doesn't necessarily mean that that person was better than the other one. Well, I think it's pretty clear that Simone Biles is definitively better than. Well, I'm else. pretty sure that's the case, right. but it's just not a sport that I'm into. I'm not into judging. I tend sports. to agree, like figure skating never, the same way, right? Like it's and it's like but skateboarding. I'm not into well, skateboarding. Hang ten, dude. First of all, but what, is, what does that mean? Um, what do you think that means? I don't care about like I don't care about it beyond. I only care about those sports in the context of when there is somebody who is definitively. better. Better, right? Tony Hawk will always be the man. I, right? I mean, I know Tony Hawk was an amazing skateboarder, but I don't. I it did, never and made I think me in into a skateboarding. Similar way, Simone Biles I is like you Simone can Biles recognize when there's the best of the I, best kind of thing. You're having a different conversation. No, I'm talking about hey, skateboarding. I, I, hang ten. I'm aware that Simone Biles is a phenomenal athlete. I'm not into gymnastics, and I'm not gonna be in. Maybe you would have been in better shape as a kid if you were, Glenn. My, I, by the way, I apparently participated in gymnastics when I was. Everyone like, went to the old bounders, you I know. I don't know if that's where. I, I don't remember. It was I, always fun doing the foam pit I, jump, you know. I only know this because when I was like uh, 16, I found like a gymnastics medal somewhere in my bedroom, and oh. I was like, "What is this?" Well, that was a participation <laughs> medal. I yeah. think. I, would well, imagine. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, what it was. <laughs> I think you would have remembered if you excelled. Uh, good morning, Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. The Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair. Adafe Owe, you've heard of him. You've heard of Ronnie Stanley, you've heard of Hollywood Brown, James Prochet, Ben Cleveland, Lenny Moore, and Moore. Nice. They'll be there. A celebration of Baltimore football past and present. It's all happening at the State Fair, and you can get your picture and autograph tickets. There is a ticket that will get you your pictures and autographs for all 10 Baltimore football current players and icons. That ticket for all 10 costs you $350.
you're saving at least 75 bucks, probably more than that. Go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Right now, in order to get your tickets, the Purple Takeover happening during the Maryland State Fair, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com with the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com in order to get your tickets. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk more Chandler Jones. Chandler Bing, we're going to talk more about him. Is he the Friends guy? He is. That's exactly who Chandler Bing is. Well done, sir. I didn't Chandler. know they gave last names in that one, did they? they? Um, Ross Geller, I remember. You remember I, all of them? Uh, I would be proud of that if so. But Ch- I was never jo- a friend. Joey, guy. it was Fatone. Like a, no, it was not Joey Fatone, not Joey the Fat One. Um, Joey, Do you think I, he was fat because of his name, or was it like a self-fulfilling prophecy? No, I think it was self-fulfilling prophecy, 100%. I don't think you could have that name without getting fat. I don't think that's possible. Ah, this is going to drive me nuts. It's it's uh, Joey. It was something with an uh, uh, it was an Italian name. Uh, I mean, I, I never I never liked friends. Well, and I mean, I mean that literally and figuratively. I never had friends in friends. the real world. and Fr- Yeah, I know. I've yeah, known that. Yeah. Friends was fine. It was it was honestly agreeable. Uh, I guess you could say it was agreeable. It was um, background fodder, in my opinion. It it was. And it, it, this is a weird thing. It was not nearly as overrated as Seinfeld was, which is the All most right, overrated she, show in the history of television. Take it easy, was. Homie. Seinfeld. No to- Seinfeld was treated as though it was the greatest thing that ever happened to sitcoms. It was a fine TV show. It was nothing more than that. Right. It's not way nearly as good as wrong. Parks and Recreation. To, it's not it, nearly okay, as good. It paved as, the way for so many. You you say that you have no idea what you're talking what about. Do you mean? There were so many sitcoms that came before Seinfeld that, that were far better nothing. than Seinfeld. That was. Probably the most prominent show about nothing, but well, Sunny is also about nothing. I mean, it's, they, it Sunny took the, was, the baton said, from Sunny. Right, I said it was the most prominent show about nothing. Yeah, Sunny, if, if we know that Sunny is a great show, thank you, Jack. <laughs> that's his observation for today. Joey Tribbiani, thank you. That's exactly what it is. I'm Joey Tribbiani, uh, thank you, Dave. Um, Friends was just. Ugh. Friends was it's just hyper unrealistic. Friends, like, where are they working? Why are they at the coffee shop all day? Friends How do they afford fu- these apartments? Yeah, you're, you're doing a bit now. You're doing a bit now. I'm that not. had nothing to do. Friends was a good show, but it was just a good show. The best part about it was Jennifer Aniston. Well, Jennifer Aniston was a very good part of it. Nobody's going to argue that she was an outstanding part of that television program. But um, it was good, but nothing more than good. That's all it was. I know it you're was a big good. Schwimmer guy. I do love me some David Schwimmer, man. Everybody knows that. How did we get here? What are we doing? We're talking um, about Bertrand Berry and you Chandler said, you Jones. Said the Chandler, Chandler Bing, Bing, and then here we are. Going to find out a Chandler he Jones. He created Bing, right? Yes, exactly right. That's how Bing came to be. hundred percent. Right. Amazing. We will uh, talk to Bertrand Berry, former Cardinals defensive end, now uh, a podcaster and a radio host out in Phoenix. We will chat with him. Also coming up this morning, we will uh, catch up with David Hess, a uh, former friend of ours, former Orioles pitcher. Now he's with the Marlins. They're getting ready to face the Orioles. Hess Express. Starting uh, tonight. Uh, yes, that's his Twitter account. You're right about that. Underscore Express. You just, just saying random things again? Is that just what we're doing? Uh, Rachel. Thank you. Nailed it. Also part of Friends. You're killing it today. You are absolutely on point today with just saying random things. Yeah, do you want me to start saying random things? Please. Stove. I like it. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. You a gas or an uh, electric guy? Uh, I'm a gas man. Good answer. Yeah. Right answer. I'm a gas man. That's the right answer for what it's worth. 
Uh, and a little bit later on in the program, Jeff Zrebeck will join us. Ravens officially report, veterans officially report to training camp today. Uh, practice will get underway. You'll be able to get back out there and see the Ravens this week. So we'll talk to Jeff Zrebeck about all of that, whether or not maybe the Chandler Jones stuff is legitimate. And Chris Smith, the big signing. You know, I said yesterday, it didn't appear as though the Ravens were all that hell-bent in signing a pass rusher, but I'm wrong. They got their guy, baby. Chris Smith. Who's that? Is he on Friends? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm going to get... You know what? If you told me that at some point in the history of Friends there was a character named Chris Smith, I'd be forced to believe you because it's that common of a name. Uh, I know nothing about Chris Smith. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Chris Smith. And he has I have two and a half more sacks than he has seasons played in his career. Yeah, he's got four and a half. Nine and a half in seven years. Nine and a half in seven years. Yeah, don't sell him short. Man, my bad. My bad, dude. My bad. So uh, th- th- we got that going for us. Chris Smith is a Raven now. Uh, I assume that's nothing other than just one more body that... There is much in the same way that they brought in, say, Shane Ray a few years ago, and there was Shane this thought Ray once that, upon like, a time had you know an aspiration. Of oh, Shane Ray was a far be- right, yeah. Shane Ray was a far better player than Chris Smith ever right. was. Um, but when they brought him in, it was a let's just take a look and we'll see. Nothing sure. more than that. I don't think there's any actual expectation that Chris Smith is supposed to be a football player for this team. But well, if no, somehow magically that would occur, training camp. That's yep. And if somehow magically that were to occur, God bless. I'm I'm not going to Papa be angry bless. about it. Papa bless, if you will. I will not be furious about it whatsoever. My column is coming today at PressBoxOnline.com. It is Give about it away. It, well, it's about Chandler Jones, and it's about my sort of lukewarm feelings that I have about Chandler Jones, and. And and the fact that it, going back to that text that I told you that I got from a buddy of mine in football the the day that Julio Jones was traded to the Titans and he was like, hey man, I know you you know you wanted Julio Jones. Sorry, would you would you think can't of Chandler Jones as a consolation prize? Also a Jones. And I was like, I, and at the time I was very confused because I just didn't know all the details about Chandler Jones. I had no idea of his contract situation. I hadn't thought about any of these things. And at first I was like, yeah, that would be great. I mean, edge rush is a real need. And I've spent more time with it, and I'm just struggling to convince myself that this is a move the Ravens need to make. Need to or will? Or, or well, I, I 100% don't think they will. I mean, I, I always will bet against the Ravens making significant trades. Like that, If I had done that for the entirety of my life, I'd be a very rich man. Yes, they made a couple over the years, but every time one of these guys' names it's came up. before the draft when they do it, it seems like. I don't know. Oh, I mean, they, they've done it Unique and Gakwe was a significant trade it's in the middle season, of the year yes, last but I mean, year. Like, yes. At this point in the season, I don't know how many times they've gone and acquired. Well, I mean, it's almost none. I mean, I will always, almost, even before the draft, they rarely do it. I will almost always assume the Ravens won't be the team that makes this type of a move. Then they will be the team that does. That doesn't mean they can't, but if I, I'm working under the assumption they won't. But, in the same way, I'd assume they weren't going to trade for Julio Jones. It didn't change the fact that I was banging on the table and saying, that's not okay. This is the move to make. This is the guy you need. This is what you should be doing to try to go win a Super Bowl this year. Make the move. I'm not sure I feel the same way about Chandler Jones. Do I think the Ravens... Would be a better football team would, with him? Yes. 100%. I think a healthy Chandler Jones... Even at the age of 31, even coming off a year in which he was disappointing and dealing with the biceps injury and how much that impacted, we're going to talk more about that with Bertram Barry here in a minute, um, I definitely think the Ravens would be a better football team with Chandler Jones. But, as I just brought it up a second ago, I am dealing with the unique Ngakwe thing. There is 
You're, you're burned. There is some shock there that I'm still dealing with. I mean, I think, look, I get Yannick Ngaku was incredibly productive the early portion of his career at every stop he went to before Baltimore. Um, but he was solely a sack guy. And I get Chandler Jones is, I think, the most productive Chandler sack. Jones, since coming into the league in 2012, has more sacks, sacks yeah. than anybody else in football, 97. I believe, and we've talked about it again, we'll find out more and, and determine whether or not we're right or wrong, but I believe he's more than that also. He's, right? I a, think he's a more complete linebacker than Yannick Ngakwe is, but he's not thought of as a particularly strong run stopper. I don't know if they ever drive him back not, into coverage. Yeah, I mean, this is his job has been go get quarterbacks. That's that's what he did. I mean, he started, as you remember, as a more of a defensive end when he came into the league. The Patriots moved him to linebacker and then you know kind of rewrote his history from there. He has been a rush linebacker. That's what he does. And in the aftermath of the Anik Ngakwe thing blowing up in everyone's faces, the things that you would have to do. It's look. I, I think the the price for Chandler Jones is probably likely to be in the same neighborhood fourth, as the Julio Jones. I, I think. Oh, I think you can get a second round pick if you do some you know finagling for Chandler Jones. I think you can. Um, but no, more than that. I don't think it, there's any world in which it's more than what the Titans paid for Julio Jones. It Could it be slightly less? Maybe. Maybe. Have a couple thirds next year, right? Uh, they should, yes. They'll they get the Cully one as well. Yeah, they still get one more for Cully, correct. Um, I, I am. I, I'm just in this weird place where knowing that you would have to pay him again, because the only reason why he's on the trade block sure. is because he wants to get paid one more time. But we don't even know how much that is. You would imagine he wants at least like fifty. And and like knowing to you would have year. to do a couple of other things in order to make it work cap wise. This is a lot of things to do for someone that I'm just not sure the Ravens are going to be willing to to use correctly. It does seem like they have made their plan defensively to you know shore up the secondary to free up your front seven. Kinda. I mean, it's sort of. It's it feels that way. And front seven, including safeties as well. Chuck Clark, a very capable. And and they think of it. They think of Adafi Owe as a complete uh, linebacker. They think of Tyus Bowser as a complete linebacker. These guys are not. You know, go Bowser is you know pass rushes his deficiency. Arguably, one hundred percent, it's his deficiency. There's no doubt about it. I mean, his strength was in coverage. Clearly, a year ago. Um, I'm. I'm not telling you I'm on board with what the Ravens are doing as it being the answer and being comfortable with them winning the Super Bowl. I still have visions of of the Chiefs game from a year ago and how badly we felt they needed just an edge rush, a guy that got the quarterback on the ground after that game. And that's why the Anik Ngakwe thing was I so exciting. That conversation is still purely hypothetical as well, right? Like, it wasn't that they had Shaq Barrett and... A good pass rush that the Bucks got to Mahomes was that their offensive line was decimated. T- I don't right? care about the Bucks game. I'm they, aware, but I'm, I'm saying specifically the about Chiefs, like the idea that nobody's saying right. that just cha- it's that that alone changes everything, but that I know, you it helps you, or that you it's think. almost impossible to do without it. That you almost can't do it without having someone that you can count on to force the throws to come quicker, to force plays. It's, uh, Maybe get Patrick Mahomes on the ground. That would be nice. But at least force the ball out much quicker. 
the Ravens adding Chandler Jones would not make me think that their front seven or their front seven is as good as the Buccaneers was. And yes, no. as we pointed out, the Buccaneers for what it's worth, the Ravens have, have a very good front seven currently. It's just had, different. Uh, it's a different front seven. They have I interior. Don't, I don't rushers. know that they have a very good front seven. They're stacked I, up the middle, right? And I guess we're still counting on Patrick Queen taking the next step. Yeah, and I think they have a a an okay. It's pretty to, deep on the defensive line. Again, edge rush is where they are needing and wanting. Yeah, I don't I mean th- I think that I expect Matabuike to take a next step, right? I think Matabuike if Matabuike takes a next step, then maybe you can move into the territory where I think they have a good a particularly good front. I don't think they have a particularly good front seven. I think they have, they have Campbell, real, Wolf, I, Williams who I, are I th- well, I think Campbell is another year older and not likely to be better than he's I been. I think that he's a guy that can help. Um, I don't know how much of a difference maker he is at this point in I his think life. He still does require attention. I, from I the don't offensive necessarily line. disagree with that, and we all know that Brandon Williams is a tremendous run uh, stopper, right? Like, I think that Justin Matabuike could be someone that could step in and be a difference maker moving forward. But I, I again, I'm I'm sort of squinting at a lot of this stuff. Chandler Jones added to this, to me, does not make it a particularly special front seven. It just makes me feel stronger that they can do the thing that they need to do. It's just I'm so burnt by Anik Ngakwe that I... I, I eh. You're scared. You're scared of giving I, up assets for something that you're afraid they won't I use. I don't know how that happened a year ago. I'll, it, it's the type of question that will never be answered. I'll never understand. It apparently, was a scouting failure, a, right? A like, church and state did did they? You say it might have been a scouting fa- failure. You think it might very well be the front office saying office knew we're exact, getting this guy, knew exactly what they were getting, and the coaching and staff Martin saying and Harbaugh said we have a different plan. This isn't what we do. We don't put someone on the field that isn't a complete football player. We don't do that. Well, they I, did, I but, I, look, but he, I don't they put know him that. on in third down. It's not like he didn't see the field. He just wasn't particularly productive when he did either, right? Like, I would say that while Ngakwe has been incredibly productive, he has done it, it seems, largely off his speed, right, and trying to get around the edge, and it wasn't as if we saw a lot of varied pass rushes from him, and I think that was part of the critique some people had of him in the Ravens uniform. I think Chandler Jones has a... A, a wider arsenal yeah, I don't, of moves. I now don't, that doesn't mean the Ravens are going to say now go yeah, rush every I day. Right? I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. And that's that's his impact. His impact is rushing. That's his impact. He's not a particularly special player. Otherwise, he's not Terrell Suggs. Um, he was the 34th ranked run stopper among edge rushers according to Pro Football Focus in, Which is in a starter, 2018. Right? Like that's. That, but that's. That's not something you're trading significant price for and giving a lot of money in order to go get. I get that, but if you combine it with whatever he was ranked as a pass rusher, you're talking about an average run but stopper. But that requires and him being used as the guy that can be a special pass rusher. And the Ravens have not proven themselves to be the team that does that. So sacks are not counted as tackles for a loss, correct? Uh, I mean... They aren't. I mean, I, they, right. I know that they, you know... But they... Before last year, where he only played five games, he was in double yes, digits I'm, tackles I'm, for I'm, a loss I'm quite every aware. year. He had 28 in 2017. I mean, if they're getting that guy, of course, it'd be a lot easier to be like, yes, please. I hear you. Look, I'm not going to disagree with what you're saying. It's Your fear is, is well-founded based on what we saw last year. On paper, if you didn't have to give – this is a really difficult thing. 
I think Chandler Jones makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams, and I think he makes sense for the Ravens. I just don't know that I trust it. I don't know that I trust that the Ravens would do what you would need to do in order to get the best from Chandler Jones. First eight and fumbles two years ago. I'm very aware. That's a lot. I'm very aware of that. He's got some pass deflections in the road, but how many of those are you're, you're, down you're, the line You're reading of all things. I'm you, aware, but I'm saying, like, I don't know how many of those are in coverage or how many of them are just, like, batting balls down at the line. I mean, he's never been thought of as a guy that was particularly good in coverage. Like, he's never been – not to say that he's a nothing. Or it just, could just be they didn't his, use him like His that. value is as an edge rusher. His value is as a pass rusher. That's where Chandler Jones – that's what makes him special. Otherwise, he's a football player. Which is fine. It's good to have football players. It's also good but, to have special pass rushers. But of the di- it, the difference being, the Ravens, the one guy that this has worked with, was the guy who was both a special pass rusher and a special football player. To be fair, he only started as a special pass rusher, though. An eternity I ago. I get it. I mean, twenty years ago. I get it. Like it's it's not. It was a different tenure, a different regime altogether. I, I, I'm aware. And that's the guy. That's the one. That's the one. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not telling you I'm opposed to it. I'm not telling you I'd st- if if the Ravens announce tomorrow that they acquired Chandler Jones, I'll be excited about it because Chandler Jones is a good football player, and there's never going to be a time where I'm going to be opposed to good football players coming to a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl. That's that's a good thing, but I felt the same way a year ago, and I got burnt by that, and. Given everything you'd have to do to make this work with Chandler Jones, all of these things were things that I was willing to do in a blink for Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't think twice about it. Get rid of good football players if you have to in order to go get Julio Jones because he changes your franchise that much. I'm reluctant when it comes to Chandler Jones. I'm reluctant to tack on other, you know, another year to other players. I'm reluctant to do the things that are necessary, not feeling completely confident. Now, it might very well be that we talked to Bertram Barrier in a second, and he says, no, dude, you're missing the boat. This guy, he's actually way better uh, every down than you realize that he is, and Pro Football Focus doesn't know what they're talking about, and you don't have to convince me of that uh, all that much. Maybe I'll feel something else. You make the argument that, they obviously went and got Elvis Duberville once upon a time, right? Different situation. I get it. He was a free agent. He got cut. It's their game, right? They played that game often. Duberville was probably, at least production-wise, a n- less of a factor run-stopping than was Chandler Jones. Right, but you had Terrell Suggs on the same team. I get it, but... And, like, that changes a lot. They have capable run-stoppers on this team, right? Like, you up would front, think... Right, you would I, think. I, I don't know. I mean, like, Tyus Bowser was... Was, was I mean, McPhee good. is the guy I'm looking at, is the guy that's their best edge run stopper. And he's a hell of a run stopper. He is. He's, he's good at setting the edge. He's good at shooting gaps, all that stuff, right? I'm just saying it's just, not as if they have, and it's not, it's not Eric DaCosta. It was Ozzie Newsom at that time. But it's not as if they've had no experience getting pass rush specialists. Of course, right? Like, in, I mean, Duberville was that. That's what he was. You're coming up with, with one guy that worked out a little bit for a short term. I'm talking about we have that and we have 
Ngakwe. It didn't work out, of didn't course. Didn't work out but remotely. But they went and got him, right? But we like, also have lots of guys that they drafted fairly early that they wouldn't put on the field to just go be pass rushers. I think they do defer more to veterans than they do young players as far as opportunity I, you, is concerned. You're not, when you're talking about this specifically, you're not basing that on anything. They, they, have, they have shown utter reluctance to put anyone on the field to just be a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. They have, and it's it's not just one defensive coordinator. It is something that has existed within this organization for some time. And i i don't I don't know if it's John Harbaugh thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have those answers. They have been reluctant to just have players on the field that are nothing other than hand in the dirt, go get quarterback players. This system, frankly, since they've switched to a three four, they've wanted to have complete linebackers on the field. And particular, and somebody would argue that with Wink Martindale and his blitz from anywhere scheme, their belief is they can create pressure, and so they don't need that guy. And so if that guy is a liability in other departments, they don't want that guy on the field. And again, and, is, and that's it might defensible. be unfair to say he's a liability also. I, I get it. Like, is, is average good enough? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is average better than what you already have? Is is the be- is average is an is the average combination the total picture and, and, and it, his average and run worth, stopping again. This is not me trying to disparage. It, it would Chandler be easier Jones. if he was a free it's, agent, of course. It'd be an easier if he was just a, a guy that somebody wanted to give you and it didn't involve like a fifteen million dollar contract that you have to finesse. It would involve. It, there's a, a million things here that would make this a different conversation. But all of the things that you have to do in order to make Chandler Jones work, I'm left with this sort of uneasy feeling. Am I in favor? Yeah, I think I'm in favor. I think I would like this roster better with Chandler Jones than without it, and I think it can be done. But given the risk and all of the things that you have to do in order to pull it off, it's always going to be I'm less reluctant. likely than more likely. Well, that's not about whether you're just talking I, about your general. I'm feel talking for about it. my feel for whether or not. Again, it was. I never thought the Ravens were getting Julio Jones, but when they didn't, I still... I get it. You were upset. I, justifiably. I, I was furious. Yeah. I think they missed. I think it was a failure mm-hmm. on the Baltimore Ravens' part to not pay what it cost to go get Julio Jones. Not to mention the opportunity if, cost, that it, how much it improved one of your competitors also. I mean, that's not even a factor. Uh, sure. Here. All of those, all of the above. I don't know that I, I... I definitely don't feel the same way about Chandler Jones. I don't know how to define exactly how I feel about Chandler Jones. I'm pretty sure that, that teams, like I say about Calais Campbell, but probably even more so about Jones, like offensive lines are definitely going to be aware of him on the football field. It's fine. That's, that, doesn't, that alone doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't. I mean, it does if you have to double team every time, right? Like if you're, you say that. If it they, does. They have to use him a certain way in order for that to be the case, Kyle. You don't just get to run it out there and say that. If he's just standing there in pass coverage, nobody's double teaming him. It doesn't work that way. He has to be rushing in order for that to be the case. Nobody's double-teaming Chandler Jones in the open field. If he's rushing, yes, he demands attention. And it's the chicken or the the egg discussion, sort of. Like, are the Ravens blitzing so much because they don't have the guys on the edge? Or are they blitzing so much because that's their preferred scheme? They went and and got an edge rusher and didn't use him. I get it. Like, this is, that's the evidence I have. I can't ignore that. And I'm not trying to tell you that I think that Yannick Ngakwe is better than Chandler Jones or even if Chandler Jones is at his best, and that's a part of the question too, even as good as him. But 
I don't know. I don't know. And it leaves me with this uneasy feeling. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll talk more about it. Bertram Barry, former Cardinal, now a radio host and podcaster out in Phoenix. We'll find out more about what he thinks about Chandler Jones and perhaps being a fit with the Baltimore Ravens. Or is this even really going to happen? We'll do that next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling at Great Eights Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to its million fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Ben Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are available at great8smemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8s, memorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available. I don't know. I don't know what it's free no? at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Let's keep talking Chandler Jones. He's apparently requested a trade. A lot of people think the Ravens would be a fit. Joining us now, former defensive end for the Arizona Cardinals, now uh, part of uh, the Training Gross podcast with my buddy Mike Gross, as well as the Red Sea Report and KTAR out in Phoenix. He is a friend, Mr. Bertram Barry, and he's back with us on GCR. Bert, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. Hey, Bert, let me start with this. I am I'm conflicted as to whether or not I actually think this is even going to happen. I, aren't the Cardinals kind of in win-now mode, you know, given where Cliff Kingsbury is and going out and getting J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins the year before that? Like, doesn't it seem like they somehow, some way, need to make this work to keep Chandler Jones around? Absolutely, they have to make it work. It makes no sense to have J.J. Watt there if Chandler Jones is not. And it really becomes J.J. Watt back in Houston all over again if Chandler Jones is not there. So the whole premise of bringing him here was to have him paired up with, with Chandler and, and they can terrorize quarterbacks all season long and you give them an extra game and then everybody's stats go up and they become that much more formidable. And you think about the arms race that you saw in the NFC West with everybody gearing up and Seattle doing what they did, San Fran getting healthy and, and uh, the Rams obviously getting Matthew Stafford. This was a logical move. You had to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. And so Chandler requesting this trade is definitely a bomb here in the Valley, and, and I don't know if many people really saw this coming. So d- do you think it can be worked out? Do you think that the Cardinals will be willing to give him one more payday in order to to appease him, or do you think this becomes real, that like they they might have no choice at some point, he might legitimately be willing to hold out, and they're going to have to trade him? Well, I think it's real because we're finding out about it. I mean, for most of the offseason, nobody really knew about it. Yeah. And the fact that they had to – divulge this to everybody i mean I, I i think that's what makes this real so uh, had it been just one of those ploys to just get more money then you know this probably goes away and and nobody's ever the wiser but the fact that they had to make this public i think because there's a real chance that you know something could happen with chandler and he not show up i, I don't i don't know I, i'm sure i'm not in the building every right. day but it just feels like when stories like this come out, they come out because they have to try to get ahead of it. And, and I don't know 
how this is going to play out, but it's, the timing of it is definitely interesting, don't you think? Oh, no doubt about it. It's uh, it's really strange that it happens right now and, and couldn't be handled at some point during the course of the offseason in order to not make it something you're dealing with at the moment. Bertrand Barry is with us here on GCR. Bert, so, so if he is truly on the trade block, a lot of people think that the Ravens, it's not just here in Baltimore where we, we covet every player. Um, there's a lot of people around the country, PFF, you know, labeled the Ravens as an ideal location for Chandler Jones. Um, I'm, I, I guess let me start with this. Uh, he, he's two years removed from one of the great edge rush seasons we've seen in some time, 19 sacks, eight forced fumbles. Were his struggles to begin the year a year ago only about the biceps injury that ultimately cost him the season, or was there more than that going on? Should we be at all concerned about him being 31 years old and maybe going the wrong way in his career at this point? I don't think you fall off a cliff that fast. I think you could couple in the fact that maybe he was a little heavy coming in last year, and that had something to do with the injury. Uh, but you don't go from 19 sacks to not being able to play. Yeah. I just you're never going to get me to believe that. And I think for for him, you know, I think had he really truly believed that that the season really would have gone off last year you know, had a little bit to do with maybe why he was interesting. Um, a little heavy going in and, and maybe not thinking that they were actually going to pull it off and then like, oh, okay, we are going to play. So right, now you right. got to work your way back into shape. You know, that, that, that could definitely play a part of it. But let me just say this as a side note. You guys got to stop taking our Cardinals. You guys got Khalid Campbell, my <laughs> little brother. You guys got to picking our roster apart, man. What's going on? Well, I mean, we gave, like you, we gave you Terrell Suggs once upon a time. That clearly was a big difference maker for, <laughs> for the Yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, I'll just say, you know, I, I know it, it's bird-to-bird changes here. You know, you go from one bird to a meaner bird. But, I mean, come on, man. You know, stop plucking our roster apart. So here's one of the issues that I – because, look, uh, Bert, I, Chandler Jones, as far as edge rushers go, they, you know, we talked about it. Since he came in the league in, in 2012, nobody's got more than his 97 sacks. And by the way, a guy that I like a whole – we got to know him a bit because his brother was here in Baltimore. Um, really good dude. Did some events with him. Really liked Chandler Jones during the time I was around him. I'm, I'm worried the Ravens have been predisposed to not just use edge rushers as edge rushers. Um, they, they traded for Unique Ngakwe a year ago and – you know, it seemed to be a, a no-brainer move for them, and he was he had made zero impact whatsoever because they they just want complete linebackers on the field. Where where is Chandler Jones as far as not just being an edge rusher? He's not been graded as a great run stopper. Like where is he as a complete linebacker? That if the Ravens were to be in the market, like he'd be someone they'd be willing to have on the field for three downs. I always believe that you let guys do what they're great at and asking them to do other things really isn't fair to them. And it doesn't really work out. Um, I always look at a, uh, Bruce Smith. Would you ask Bruce Smith or Reggie white to drop back in the coverage? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't wouldn't make sense. No, it wouldn't make sense. And I think for Chandler Jones, he's proven over his career that he's much more effective with his hand on the ground going forward than he is dropping back, trying to pick up the, the in, incoming receiver, the number two, or try to carry the, the, the back out to the flat. That, that's not what he does great. So why not have him do what he does great all the time and you get the production that you want? So anytime that you ask somebody to do something else that they're not skilled or, or you know uh, keenly skilled at, 
you're always going to have mixed reviews and mixed returns. So I just say, you know, the, the NFL, you can find guys to go carry a, a, a tight end up the seam or you can carry uh, the number two out to the flat. Have the guys that can go get quarterbacks, go get quarterbacks, because there is a premium for those type of guys. I, I am with you, Bert. It's just it's the Ravens seem really unwilling to just let guys do that. It just has not been their M.O., to have those guys simply go, I mean, and, and look, by the way, Terrell Suggs turned into one of the best, you know, most complete linebackers that nobody would have ever dreamed. The guy, the kid that showed up in Baltimore out of Arizona State years ago would have become that. He turned into one of the most complete linebackers we ever saw at the edge rush position. But it's just the way that they kind of do business here. And that, that's, that, that jumps out at me as to whether or not this is really a fit. I, I, you know, you always have to really make – a full evaluation of the, the player that you're getting. And I, I know you see a tall, athletic guy that that can make plays, and then you think, okay, well, let me just tweak him a little bit. I, I always push back on that because, sure. to me, you always let a guy do what he's great at and let him do that. Um, you know, they don't ask, you know, fullbacks to, to throw the football. They don't ask offensive linemen. To, to try to, you know, go out and cover, you know, a, a tight end. You just don't ask anybody else to do that. Why would you ask that of edge rushers? Yes, it's enticing because they, they, they have a certain body structure and a certain type that you think can get it done. But you, you just have to know if the guy had 19 sacks, it's probably what he's really good at. Let him go do that. Let's say we take past coverage out of the discussion. Did the Cardinals ever utilize him in any sort of an edge setting capacity, or was it always get around the tackle and get to the quarterback? Well, I, I believe Chandler can set the edge. I, I think that his run defense is, is underrated. I think he okay. gets in the trouble when you start asking him to to go down in the in the in the the big boy area when you start talking about three techniques and, and the four eyes and when you have him head up and having the, to read, I think he's much more effective when he's going up the field and he's being aggressive and able to get off on the football. And that, that can be for a lot of defensive linemen or, or slash outside linebackers. If you have them play on an edge, I think they can play an edge well enough to be a well-rounded defender. But then, once you ask them to, to go down there and, and really do the dirty work and get their hands dirty, you're not going to get the same returns. And, and I don't think that that's a knock on Chandler, but that's just where he is right now in his career, especially being 31 and, and you know, been there and done that. This guy's a champion. He knows how to play the game. And, and I just feel like you ought, to, you ought to let him play the game the way he's been the most successful thus far, especially at the age of 31. Just another couple of minutes here with Bertrand Barry from out in Phoenix, former Cardinal. He's with us here on GCR. Bert, you know, it, knowing what you know about Chandler Jones, and I know how you follow football, and, and you know how good the Ravens are and how close they've been in recent years, and they have this sort of monumental hump they're trying to get over in the AFC and, you know, win playoff games, beat the Chiefs in order to do it. How how much do you think that adding, if they could pull it off, if they could make a trade and, and whatever that would cost and do what they need to do cap-wise, how close do you think they would be to a team like Kansas City if they added a Chandler Jones to this roster? I don't think they get any closer. Um, if I can put on a GM hat for just a second. Yeah, by all means. I don't think that defensive end, edge rusher is what their need is. I think they got to get another playmaker for Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's one of my favorite players in all the NFL, and I love to watch the young man play. Uh, but 
clearly he does not have that game breaker on the outside. Go get the man a receiver that can go get the ball and, and catch it 50, 60 times for, you know, 900,000 yards and, and, and be that consistent outside presence for him because the, the Ravens have forever been known as a defensive team. We know that. Yep. They, they got defense down. But just get, give that young man a, another weapon so he can be considered an, a complete we, around quarterback. We, real, that, we, that we, really yeah, that real the hell shame. Out of a lot of offense <laughs> or defenses. Real shame there was no good wide receivers on the trade market this yeah, offseason. Yeah, re- real, real bummer that there wasn't, say, like a Julio Jones available <laughs> that we were screaming <laughs> about every day for the entirety of the offseason. Real shame that that, that yeah. wasn't an option for the Ravens. Or maybe, say, uh, a year ago, a DeAndre Hopkins wasn't available or a Stephon Diggs. Just right, a real bummer. Right. There haven't been yeah. really good wide receivers available for yeah. next to nothing over the course of the last couple of years, Bert. Just a real bummer that yeah. hasn't been the case i know that's a sore spot and, and trust me every team has that that one discussion that, that is like okay can't can you see that can you see the glaring need right there and you know that that's that's nfl in 2021 uh. you, you, you're gonna have those uh need, unless you're unless you're tampa bay or you're kansas city i mean you know those are a couple teams that you know they seem to be pretty solid but uh you know, we're all in that same boat. We, we, I, I feel your pain, my friend. Man, man. At least the, you know, at least the Cardinals are the team that made the DeAndre Hopkins move. At least they did that. We, uh, we keep waiting for the Ravens to finally step up and say, man, we should go get one of those types of guys. Those guys are, they seem. <laughs> and we to hope be, Rashad Bateman can turn yes, into one I, of those I guys. I hope that's the case, no doubt. I hope Rashad Bateman proves to be that guy, but certainly uh, he's not Julio Jones today. There's no doubt about that. Exactly. Uh, Bert, uh, uh, can I plug something for you? I know it's at BTrain92 on Twitter is how people give you a follow. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's the Train and Gross podcast, and uh, and my, my good friend, my former co-host, Mike Gross, love that guy that you do the show with is there anything else i can plug for you sir but you know i do uh so i have my business where i train i uh, train uh, defensive linemen and 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 outside rushers you know at train station one on twitter or you can also follow at train and gross on on twitter uh train and gross is, is is really cool so you know trying to do a lot of different things and really enjoy life after football and and you know being a fan now it 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 definitely gives me a a much different perspective that I truly love and and um you know just trying to stay active a little bit stay relevant and and um, have fun while doing it. I appreciate that. Now, all of us who covered you are not remotely surprised by the fact that uh, this has been your path, man. You were always a joy to cover when I was out that way. Bert, really appreciate taking the time for us, man. Continued uh, safety and health to you and your family. Thanks for doing this. Let's talk again soon, all right? Appreciate you having me, guys. Have a great one. Bertram Barry, uh, former Arizona Cardinal, appreciate his insight and you know, I mean, there's there's a little bit there on both ends, right? Like, he does think that Chandler Jones is a better run stopper than he gets credit for, but doesn't think that's the way that you should be using Chandler be, Jones. Uh, an effective pass coverage Correct. guy. He didn't seem to impl- indicate that. Oh, he went uh, almost the exact right. opposite way, which is you should not be doing that with but Chandler it was, Jones. Uh, to be fair, it wasn't that like, oh, he's incapable. It was that yeah, it, he's he wasn't, so good as an edge rusher, why would you have him do anything well, else? Well, that's his value. His value so, is doing one thing. He's a, he's, uh, this isn't, when I've talked about this, this is not me saying he's trash. Otherwise, it's it's the reason why he's worth spending this much for Mm -hmm. is because of what he does as an edge rusher. And so if you're willing to put him on the field and just let him be an edge rusher, 
Well, that's a different conversation. Or keep him in the box. You know, like don't don't have him again. If he's a capable run stopper, again, it's up to the defensive player to be able to determine when they're running and when they're passing. So right. you have to sort of be able to trust that he knows the difference, and it's not just pin your ears back and go. But I, but I still don't know that he's a better run stopper than the guy that you're going to have on the field. But like it's the totality the, of it all, right? Like I, I understand what you're saying. I get that. The value is what he brings to the table as an edge rusher. Sure. And, and if you're willing to use him that way, to say to keep him in the box, that's, that's well and good. I, if keep him in the box can be behind he's the line gotta of be, also, he's of Right. He's got to be that guy. Sure. If you're willing to do that, I want, I want to have this talk. I love the idea. I just don't know that they're willing to do that. I also don't know and if I don't disagree or if I I think I agree ultimately with his assessment of whether it puts them over the top. Oh, I, that's part of this conversation, too. I, I felt very strongly about Julio Jones. Everybody knows how I felt about Julio Jones. That was the guy. Well, it's not even that. I don't Go think get the Julio Ravens Jones. have a pass rush problem. They have an edge rush problem. But you can skin a cat in multiple ways. Yeah, I mean, I do think that... I, I think I they understand would what be... you're saying. In a situation unique to Kansas City or yep. to a quarterback who has a sk- like Buffalo, yep. who can escape, and you need the guys teams, back in coverage. The teams to that you protect. have, the teams that you have to beat, you can have as as good a coverage as you want to have. When these quarterbacks are capable of keeping plays alive, well, it's not for only that, forever. They can, Pat Mahomes is gonna he can tell where the blitz is coming from. Yes, 100. percent He's that he's cerebral. He's that good. I think you need to have that player. And the problem being, you have to be willing to use that player in the way that his skill set presents. I, I we, I mean, we don't need to take a break. Okay. Um, so you know, it's it's where I am. I yes, I'm in favor of Chandler Jones. I'm not sure that I'm in favor of pay, doing all the things that you need to do in order to get Chandler Jones, based on what it is that we've seen the Ravens do and how we think the Ravens would go about using him, reasonably. It's a it's a complicated and again you'll be able to read more about it at pressboxonline.com. Bertram Berry did not sway me in that department. He did not swing me to the come hell or high water you go get that guy, which is exactly how I felt about Julio Jones. Come hell or high water, you pay that price to get that guy. Just don't don't know that I feel that way. Don't know that I feel that way when it comes to Chandler Jones. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Let's switch gears now. Uh, Orioles getting set to open up a series with the Miami Marlins tonight at Camden Yards. And we have a couple of old friends that are on the Marlins roster. Of course, Richard Blyer, heard from Richard a few times, talked to him not all that long ago when the Marlins played the Orioles earlier. And someone else who joined the Miami Marlins this season, and you might remember, I said, was my six-year-old's favorite baseball player post-Manny Machado because we were there for his first career start when he battled through some early struggles and delivered six strong innings against the Tampa Bay Rays. He's now a Miami Marlin. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program former Oriole David Hess, who's with us here on GCR. David, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time, and welcome back to town, man. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. And uh, it's always good to get to come back and uh, see a familiar place with so many great memories. So tell me, what what is it like when you get a couple of days here in Baltimore, and unlike, like, you know, say, life a year ago when nobody was able to go anywhere, what do you have to do? What do you have to go visit? What food do you have to get? What do you have to do when you get a couple of days back in Baltimore? Yeah, it's, it's tough to kind of boil it down to a couple of days because uh, we're only here for a short series, but... Uh, the places I like to go eat, uh, Blue Moon, uh, Spoons, and Ceremonies, my coffee place that I okay. always like to go to. Iron Rooster's a good go-to. Um, a lot of breakfast and lunch spots because say, yeah. after that we're at Yeah, the you're at the ballpark. I get it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I completely um, understand that. When, when you say Blue Moon, are you a Captain Crunch French Toast man? Are you a sweet or savory? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's very good. That's I, I remember when I first got here, uh, somebody told me that I needed to try it, and I was like, I don't know, that doesn't sound, that sounds kind of weird. It does sound so, weird when somebody describes it to you. The first, you're like, what? And then you go, yeah. you're like, oh no, this works. <laughs> oh yeah, and it works very well. It's yeah. uh, it's a good spot. We we always enjoy going over there, and it all like whenever we would have friends in town, we would always you know kind of either take them to Spoons or Blue Moon, and so people that came you know a couple times got to see both, and so it kind of turned into like a competition of which one is better. And I'm not taking sides because I think they're both delicious. So Safe to say you are a sweet breakfast man. I think we can draw yeah. that conclusion. Yeah, I, uh, you got to have a little protein in there. You got to have something good for you, but I've, I'm all about the sweet stuff. Are you team bacon or team sausage? Uh, I like bacon. Okay. Mm, I did, and it's a condiment. Bacon's a condiment, David has. That's the way it goes. Hang on. What's, what's, your, what's your go-to Pop-Tart at the Iron Rooster? Uh, I... I usually try and see if there's any type of special going on. I'll try any, okay. really anything that they have. No, I, I, um, I respect that. I respect that. They were, if, they, if they're working on something, 100%, you go over and give it a shot and say, I'll, I'll try that. I love they that. They don't miss. No, oh, no question about <laughs> that. They most certainly – they opened up one by me up in Hunt Valley, and it became a bit uh-huh. of a problem for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be there with you. David has with us here on GCR. David, um, how good's it felt? I know you know you went through some struggles and and being back down. Um, how good has it felt for you coming over to Miami, getting called back up over this last month um, to sort of reassert yourself and remind people of what mm-hmm. it is that you can do as a major leaguer? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been a really really good time. I mean that's the simplest way I can put it. Uh, like you said, this off season, uh, signed with Tampa and uh, had a really good experience over there. I feel like they taught me a lot of things and did a lot of great things to kind of help me get back on track with where I knew I could be and where I wanted to be. Um, and then uh, I ended up getting traded over here on, uh, I, th- I guess it was technically the 3rd or 4th of July. I think my first game was the 4th of July here, um, or maybe 5th. Either way, um, being over here has been great. It's a really good group of guys, and uh, it's just a good culture that really helps you go out there and just have fun. And uh, I know the record hasn't been exactly the way we want it to, but there's a ton of talent here. And so it's been a pretty seamless transition just to, to come over and blend in right away and, uh, you know, just do everything I can to, like you said, uh, put myself back on the radar. i got to think you and the family are probably a little relieved that you were traded in the same state as opposed to going across the country. <laughs> it's not exactly like yeah. next door to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was – well, so there were some, I mean, I had a uh, an opt-out in my contract, and so when I got traded over, we kind of had a feeling that something might happen, and, you know, we were very concerned that there was going to be an across-the-country trip, and so when we got told it was Miami, we were pretty relieved, like you said, that we just had to go up the road, and uh, yeah, so it, it was 
it was a really good, uh, really good experience. David, you were in Baltimore during some obviously trying years um, mm-hmm. for this organization. What what were the biggest, po- you know, as you were establishing yourself as a major leaguer, what were the biggest benefits for you from your time in Baltimore, even though clearly you didn't get to experience, like, significant winning baseball or anything along those lines? I mean, on on a personal level, I think just being in the big leagues, um, no matter where you are, no matter what the circumstances are, that in itself is such a good learning experience because you get to see – I mean, especially in the AL East, you're seeing great competition every single game. And so you're putting yourself up against the best uh, players that you possibly can. So you get to see ways that you can improve and ways that you can grow and learn. Um, And then as a team, I think that you start to see things that are good, that are bad, that you can take with you going forward and things that you want to kind of leave behind and, and address, you know, at some point. Uh, to get to that winning culture. And so I think all in all, it was just a really, I think, you know, beneficial experience just to to get to see the big leagues, to get to, you know, continue to, to work on my craft and become a better player through it. Who are Who's the guy that's going to get, like, the biggest hug from you when you see him tonight? Like, who's the guy that was, was maybe the most meaningful for you, whether it was friendship or mentorship, whatever it was? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a tough one because I have so many friends over there. I have so many close uh, relationships over the years. But uh, I would say probably one of the biggest ones is going to be John Means. We came up together. We got drafted together. We roomed together through the minor leagues, and we talk really frequently. So uh, he's probably going to be a big one. And some of the guys that are up there, I got to see uh, when I was playing against Norfolk. And so – that was really nice. Uh, got a lot of, like you said, a lot of big hugs there too. So, you you know, you mentioned John Means. Were you? I know it was an afternoon game. Did you happen to be watching the day of the no hitter? Yeah. So um, we were kind of like in and out of the field. Uh, I think we were taking BP and throwing and all that stuff. Uh, you know, around like the fourth or fifth inning that it was going on, and everybody was like scrambling to hurry up and get in and. Uh, to try and catch the eighth and ninth and so it was really cool to see that I mean that was he's got I mean just electric stuff and so to see that kind of come together in that day and and I mean no 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 hitter happens without a full team and so there was defense involved I mean guys were doing their job all around and so just to see that was really cool for him and and the group of guys have you been able to explain like I you know I don't know if any of your teammates even asked but like have you been able to explain them just like how crazy his story is like how completely off the radar he was not in, uh, <laughs> in, what what like an amazing baseball story john means truly yeah. is yeah yeah i mean anytime you know like it comes up you know who who are you close to over there he's usually one of the guys that comes up and so uh usually the question comes you know whenever somebody's good i, I feel like for some reason we always want to bring them back down to our level a little bit and yeah. like, I mean, is he really that good and i'm like yeah, he is. <laughs> um, and so usually, I mean, it's, it's you know, a good story, like you said. Uh, I mean, and just great dude. He's He's gone through a lot. He's, I mean, just endured a ton of challenging things, you know, over the last few years. And so to see that kind of come together was, it was such a cool thing for him. David Hess is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Orioles and Marlins open up a series tonight in Baltimore. Um, David, I also saw you, you tweeting about Trey Mancini not all that long ago, and, mm-hmm. and I know what he means to you know guys. Hard, that, hard to root for that. Guy, yeah, real, you know? real tough, real oh, tough man, to root yeah. for. Like one of the best human beings we've ever seen, who also so happens to have defeated cancer. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
Um, uh, can you put into words what he's meant for all of baseball? I get the sense that it's it's not really just guys like you that know him. Like the sense I've gotten is guys that have only come across Trey Mancini like when they were walking past first base at some point in their life. Yeah. Can you put into words what he's meant for the entire sport this season? Yeah. Um, I mean, Trey is just a special dude. You know, I, I played with him, like, coming up a lot as well. Um, and so to see his progression, and, and, and there's just something that stands out about him, like you said, as a person. Um, I mean, performance-wise, everybody knows how good he is. Everybody knows what he's capable of. But there's always been something, and I feel like everybody that meets him says this, there's something about him that just kind of draws you and it makes you feel like he's – whatever else is going on it doesn't matter you're you're what he's focused on at that moment and he's just a very very uh just genuine nice guy mm-hmm. um so to see i mean to see his story and how that's unfolded and what he's doing with it now is absolutely incredible like you said i think across the game there's so many people that know about that and regardless of i mean performance like just to to see everything again that he's overcome too has been absolutely incredible. I think that it's such a, a an incredible story of just how to how to persevere through difficult times, and I think that that resonates with a lot of people because at the end of the day, I think everybody's going through something, um, whether people know about it or not. And so to see that and to see people overcome those difficulties and those struggles and the things that life throws at us, it's just it's something that's really hard to put into words. And you, of course, knew that uh, Cedric Mullins was going to turn into one of the greatest play- players in all of baseball, right? Like, you totally you totally to. saw that coming, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, I always, Cedric always, in my mind, I thought he was, I mean, really good. Like, I always saw like him just absolutely killing it. And so, the couple years that, you know, he was struggling, I was like, I mean, when he comes out of this, he's going to be incredible. He's, he's fast. He's got great speed. He knows how to bunt. Like, he can do it for hits. He puts the ball in play, plays great defense, and now he's all of a sudden hitting for power, which isn't entirely surprising. I, I saw that element too, but I think it's come in a way that has, I mean, really come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to say the least, it's really come on, man. Yeah. One of the best players in all of baseball. Hey, David, for you, um, you know, going through, you, you talk about adversity, right? Like going through what you did. Mm-hmm. W- was there something in particular that that you saw differently, that being back down, that you changed your approach, that you said, hey, when I get back there, I need to do this differently? Was, the, you know, mechanically, mentally, anything along those lines? Did you go through any of that, or was it nothing more than, you know, j- you know just keep swimming, right? Like you were in mm-hmm. a Finding Nemo situation. Yeah, um, a little bit of... I would say both. Um, I think for me, it was a, it was a, it was mentality more than anything. Um, I think physically, you know, you're always nitpicking, doing things here and there to try and improve and and kind of maintain, you know, good delivery and and good uh, pitch arsenal. But for me, I, I just think uh, my mentality had to change a little bit because I went out there every time I took the mound, and I just I wanted to do good so bad that it ended up being uh, something that hindered me. And so getting to go into spring training, uh, you know, as a non-roster invite. And so there wasn't really, I didn't feel a lot of weight to try and make the team. I was just going out and, you know, working hard and doing everything I could each day. And then being in AAA, that kind of continued. And I realized pretty quickly, I was like, when I'm relaxed and just kind of going out and doing what I know how to do, um, my stuff plays better. I get better results. Like, 
I'm doing my job more efficiently, like, why would I not do this? And so I think that that's something I've tried to carry with me is just every time I go out there, just remembering that, I mean, this is a game. It's a really great game. Um, but at the end of the day, like, either a guy's going to get a hit or he's going to get out. And I can do so much to control that, but I just need to go out there and enjoy it and make the most of it while I can. You talked about how beneficial your time was in Tampa for no real reason. You mind sharing any of the state secrets they have as far as pitching <laughs> development's concerned? It's it's so funny that like I thought the same thing, you know, looking from the outside, and then I got there and I was like, man, like there's really nothing. They just simplify things. They they really just try and make it try and make baseball. And I don't know about the hitting side as much, but they try and make pitching as simple as possible. They they really like they give you information and make sure you know how good you are and they're like okay now just go attack the strike zone you know uh, go right at guys like put them on their heels and and make them uncomfortable and you're in good shape and i couldn't believe how simplistic it was but how you know effective it was should do more of that. I guess that should be the yeah. message. Yeah. It really does seem quite easy. <laughs> oh, well, that's I, all I got to do. I'll just go do that. Exactly. Exactly. And it allows you to carry a lot of confidence with you because, like you said, when, when you think of something as easier, you're going to feel like you can do it better. So, yeah, they they have some some good stuff going over there. Can I can I ask before we let you go the 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 stuff with the um, with the balls and and the grip is it as is it as difficult as as some guys make it out to be like Have you truly had difficulty gripping the baseball since the changes were made, or is, is that overblown at all, man? Um, I think so. For me, I, I never really messed around with it. Um, I mean, I like. I know how to use it. I feel like, you know, it's just kind of something in baseball that is talked about. It's kind of taught to certain people, you know, like you, you have an idea of what to do and how to make it work, but I personally never really messed around too much with it. Um, so I haven't really, in terms of grip and everything, maybe, maybe I should have done more with it. I don't know. Um, but it just seems a little, I, th- I think, I think more of the problem was that it happened in the middle of the season to right. where it was such a drastic difference for guys that right. I don't think that it's necessarily the end of the world. I think it's just such a quick transition in the middle of the season when you're facing the best players in the world. Um, I think that's the most difficult thing. And of course, if you don't have any time to kind of adjust to that, then if, you, if you're used to having something that allows you to, to you know have a little better grip on the ball, then you know, that's going to be a challenge in itself. But I, I think that was the biggest issue. So I, I think that's what kind of blew it up more than anything. Well, and, I, and that's insane. I, I, we said that all along. It's nuts that you mm-hmm. would completely change this in the middle of a season. Like, that's, that's, right. that's absolutely bonkers that yeah, that would yeah, be that. something that would occur no matter what's going on. Like, you don't just go from here, Ali Ali Oxenfree, do whatever you want, to do nothing exactly. <laughs> between somebody's exactly. starts. That's crazy. It makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. Have you ever been more amazed by a baseball player than Shohei Otani? Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, um, like, I feel like every single day I'm like, I mean, what's he going to do today? He's, I mean, he pitched last night and hit a home run. Like <laughs> the guy just keeps doing it. Like, or, I don't understand how he does it. <laughs> I know, I know you haven't made a start yet. How would it look if like, if, if when you make your first start in Miami, how's mm-hmm. it going to look the first time you have to swing the bat? It's... Well, I've gotten a couple at bats and 
it wasn't great. I haven't swung <laughs> bad. Or, I, I didn't take any BP or anything for a while. So uh, I got a couple strikeouts, which is something I was priding myself on for a while of not having. But yeah, it's we'll we'll get that first. Yeah, it, it'll and, uh, yeah right. <laughs> it's just a matter of when. Yeah, no it's doubt. It's your Bartolo Cologne moment, you know? Oh, my God. Oh, my. It won't be quite the same because you don't have the same body type, but still. Yeah. Still. It would be awesome. Yeah, he's he's one of a kind. Yes. I don't know that there's <laughs> going to be another one quite like him. The best way of describing it, David. Yes. He is certainly one of a kind. Hey, um, uh, give David a follow. I know on Twitter it's, uh, it's Hess Express. Hess underscore Express 28 is how you follow mm-hmm. him. What about on uh, Instagram, David? Where are people following you there? It's the same thing. Give him a follow there as uh, as well, David. We're uh, we're happy for you, man. You've always been good. As I said, you're still. I don't know if you're the singular favorite for my six year old. Like we're still <laughs> we're still in that that territory of trying to figure out who that is moving forward. Yep. Um. But uh, but that day was really meaningful for us, man. That was yeah. a really neat father son day of being at the ballpark with my kid. The good. day you made your first start, it's always meant a lot to me. Um, yeah. No. Nah, that's that's what it's all about. That's you know. It's bigger than the game, you know, and that's the type of stuff that we do it for. So I love that, man. I love that, David. Congratulations. Look forward to seeing you in the next couple of days. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always, my friend. It's... Awesome. Appreciate you guys. David Hess, former Baltimore Oriole, um, now of course uh, with the Miami Marlins and getting ready to face the Birds uh, starting tonight for a three-game series here in Baltimore. We're into hour number two of the program from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Today's show is also brought to you by Sports and Social. It is such a phenomenal experience at Sports and Social. If you have not made it out there yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Um, I think you're going to want to be there for every football Sunday this season. Sports and Social is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. By the way, it's not just bowling. They also have skee-ball. They have Ooh. bubble hockey, which I love. They have all sorts of... Is that air hockey? Of, uh, no. Air hockey is air hockey. Bubble hockey is a game where you, you, you move the... It's it's sort of like uh, it's closer to foosball. It's I'm like hockey foosball. foosball. So they bad. also, by the way, have a giant foosball table. That's pretty cool. And when I say giant, I mean like I think you need to have like ten people in order to play it. Like it's it's massive experience uh, for truly foosball. awful at foosball. It seems like a strange thing to be truly it's awful. Tough at. to be. I'm I don't have much restraint, so I always just try and you're, spin you're, it right, like crazy. And, and go, you know? Yeah, I get that. It doesn't work. Well, I mean, it's not how Sometimes, you're supposed to do yeah. it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, it's the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Some uh, disagreements from a few folks about uh, what Bertrand Barry had to say about what the Ravens need. Michael, he's way off. We need another pass rusher more. Agree to disagree with Bertrand Berry, I suppose. I'm, it's a tough thing, right? Like, and and it's and I, I let I, I, again. I'm, I don't know if it's if up you were yet, doing it in a double, vacuum. And double you check. Were, that's part of the conversation, the nuance of it, right? Like, it's on paper. Yeah, yes, the, they probably the, do. The columns up at PressBoxOnline.com. I, I could argue. I could. I don't think there's a correct answer. Is what I'm going to say. 
I understand why people would say I, the Ravens address wide receiver, mm-hmm. and maybe they have. And it's, I think also we are swayed by the fact that now that we've seen them actually commit resources to the position, we feel I as just, though they've done their part. I, I, I think so little of Sammy Watkins that I'm sure. not in this camp. But I mean spending two first-round picks in the past four I, years. I or hear whatever, you, three right? Years, I like hear you, and those are, those right? are like, good things, And but... I don't I know it. It for sure. It doesn't guarantee that there's going to be a difference maker in the group. That's that's sort of where I am. I and, and specifically, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl this season, mm-hmm. not knowing if Rashad Bateman's ready to be that guy. Well, it's the chicken and the egg thing. Like, Julio Jones would step on the football field and demand double teams because he's Julio Jones. Rashad right. Bateman has to prove that he deserves that. And so, for me, I will, you know, I I still think that that's pretty glaring. That the, the idea of getting a difference maker. Now, on the flip side... If Chandler Jones is healthy and is going to be used the way that he should be used, I could also make the argument Mm -hmm. for that being the more significant need for the Baltimore Ravens. And I argued earlier in the week, or I posited my opinion, that that I do think depth-wise... The Ravens are deeper at receiver than they are at edge rush. I, I think I it's, guess that there's quality depth and there's a discussion about yeah, how many of those I, guys are really like trustworthy right, and that I, you want to try it out I there. Think but it's, I think it's similar. I think that they're in similar places at both. Um, I think that if you want to say... I, I'm more comfortable with Sammy Watkins than Jalen Ferguson. But I, that's not a direct comparison. Sammy Watkins is the third wide receiver. That be, like The comparison would be Sammy Watkins versus... Pernell McPhee. And I think that there's like Pernell McPhee is is a is a is out of position, I think, at edge. I think there's, he's more of a three he's, technique. He's probably more, but he was he was plenty, I get it. Plenty. He was great, but he was also great in, in in doses. They did not they gave him a lot more snaps than anybody expected. Yes. No doubt. But uh, he was really good last year. I can't that. like trust me, I didn't have expectations for Pernell mm, McPhee. The opposite, essentially. Yes, one hundred percent. I thought he was Chris Smith at this point in his career. Well, to be fair, Pernell McPhee at least got some serious money in his career. At I, I thought at this point sure. in his career he was Chris Smith. And he proved to be a really good football player. So it, it that's not a fair comparison between those but two. But he's things. not even a true edge rusher, right? He's certainly not dropping back into coverage. No, not dropping back into coverage, but he's a very so good could, run stopper. You can make the argument that if they've utilized Pernell McPhee in an edge capacity where they don't utilize him in coverage, then why couldn't they do the same with Chandler Jones? Um, you could make that argument, but again, you, you're, it's it's apples to oranges. You have to give up a lot for Chandler Jones. It's not does not exist in a vacuum. Right. I'm, I'm aware. Right. Uh, from Brian, did he watch the Ravens-Chiefs game last year? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I get it. That was, to me, the reason why they needed to go get Unique Ngakwe. The problem being, how'd that turn out for them? Mm-hmm. This is, I, I, it's hard for me to take off the Unique Ngakwe glasses when I have this conversation. And it's, it's uh, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, right? Like, well, I, I get that. figure out a way. Yes, 100%. If, if you have great edge rushers, they'll just get the ball out of their hands quickly. And Mahomes is still Mahomes. They'll escape it and run away and do an insane fourth down throw to Tyreek Hill 45 yards down the field yep. and leave you crying. I mean, that's what he's capable of doing. There's We've no question it. about that. <laughs> he does it uh, quite often. That's the way that it goes. Um, from Joe. Joe says, Glenn, I just read your column about Chandler Jones. I think it's interesting. I definitely want the Ravens to pursue him, but ultimately there is a price to be paid. Who would it be that the Ravens would have to go to contract-wise in order to make that happen? I do think that plays a role in the decision that I would have to make. So it's it's a it's a reasonable question, and I I I understand why you're asking it. They could Off- restructure Ronnie Stanley. They could do that. 
it would be early, right? It would be a complicated. Yeah, kind I of mean, they could they could get a they could get some money going back to Ronnie, and that would be a desirable place to go because you know that he'll be around. That he's going yes. to be around a hundred percent. There's not. Did there's they give two years to Alejandro Villanueva. They did. They did give two years to Alejandro Villanueva. That did happen. I would not tack on another year for Alejandro Villanueva. I would not do that at all. No I, I think Bozeman's number is small enough where it's probably not going to come from extension for him. But in theory, they could still free up a little bit of space there. Um, They could. They, Mark uh, Andrews, obviously. I mean, Bozeman's like, number is so small, though, that yeah. I don't, I don't I mean, think Andrews, really Bozeman, and Lamar, and arguably Hollywood are the four guys that extensions you could see on the horizon, I would think. Uh, if you could get you Andrews, could get if Humphrey you could get Andrews well, done maybe. now, if you get Andrews done now, there's there's maybe like three million dollars that you could be had if you if you converted that. And nobody would be upset about an extension for Mark Andrews. No, no. I mean, I I want Mark Andrews to play better in big football games, I get but that, but you're not going to find a much as we tight said end, as right. we said he's he's more of a an answer than he is Definitely. a problem. There's no doubt. And despite with the, the fact that chemistry and trust and all of that, yes. it would be. It would but be, he does. He needs to play better in, in big football games. All these things are true. All these things are true. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the BMW Championship. The top 70 golfers in the world are coming this way. The PGA Tour's top 70 golfers will be in Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets at BMWChampionship.com. We'll talk more about the Chandler Jones thing and more about the, the storylines for training camp Jeff Zrebeck from The Athletic joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York Strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams' summer or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but. Hey, if you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles caught up with the Hall of Famer Jim Palmer. That show available right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports by clicking on the videos tab, or you can go to pressboxonline.com and see it there. Stan the Fan, Jim Palmer talking baseball. All of Stan's shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. And a big-time congratulations, recent guest of the program, Katie Zafiris from Carroll County, North Carroll alum, Hampstead native, bronze medalist in the women's triathlon at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, Saw some of that, certainly not live, because none of that's an option, but uh, saw some of that last night. Really great performance, and uh, if you remember when we had that conversation with Katie, uh, she just lost her dad a few months ago, and, and he was a big part of her athletic career. Um, remarkable story, and um, there was a really neat moment, a lot that the, a few people that were covering the Olympics were tweeting about, uh, that she said during the run portion of the triathlon, she looked up and saw a rainbow and said, Hi, Dad, and that, that got to me a little bit um, reading that. She's awesome, um, really enjoyed our conversation with her, very happy for her bronze medalist. At the Olympics, Carroll County's own Katie Zafiris. Congratulations to her. All right, uh, Ravens officially, you know, the, 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 the rookies already got there, the injured players, some of the veterans, but everybody is there as of today to kick off training camp in Owings Mills. Joining us now, he is our friend, man who covers the Ravens for the Athletic. It is always great to catch up with our buddy Jeff Zrebeck, who's with us here on GCR. Jeff, Glenn, and Kyle, always great to chat with you, man. Hope you had a great summer. I know uh, work uh, becomes more tedious now for you moving forward, but appreciate you taking the time for us. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Always good to talk to you and uh, looking uh, looking forward to this getting started. Obviously, first practice is not till tomorrow, but uh be good to be out there later today when they make some guys available. And uh, training camps is an exciting time because there's a lot of time we spend over the last couple of months, you know, speculating on things before, you know, but training camp, you kind of get your eyes on everybody and, and things start becoming coming into focus. I guess, can we start there? Because I don't, people, there will be more normal, like, press conferences this year, correct? Like, I, is, I, 
I, I might even make an appearance at some point. Don't hold me to that, Jeff. But I might wander out there at some point. There's going to be a little bit more normalcy to reporting on the Ravens this season, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. I mean, still no locker room access. But to be honest, that's that's an overrated factor at this time of the year anyway, at least for, for us, because you know the Ravens. You know when they have ninety guys, the locker room's packed as it is, and we've never been, yeah. you know, able to go in the locker room and train during training camp. Um, you know the regular season. Obviously, you'd like to have that access, but as of now, um, closer to normal. Not all there yet. We'll be wearing the uh, contact, you know, whatever they're called, the bracelets that beat when you're too close to somebody, and uh, you know you have to have your mask on in the building, which is obviously fine. And and you know there's the podium sessions that you know we've come to know that we did not have last year uh, will be going on. You know, we'll be further apart, uh, further uh, back than usual, and uh, they may be a little different, uh, but pretty much uh, those will be back, uh, which is nice. I think we're all looking forward to you know the direct contact as as the zooms while necessary get pretty tedious after a while now correct me if i'm wrong but you and bo smolka have always worn those don't come too close to me bracelets over the years at training camp correct that's the <laughs> that's the way that that's worked if i remember if i remember if i remember right you guys always had those on didn't you yes we do <laughs> but there's sometimes we're very tight I, you know me and Bo kind of have a love-hate thing going we'll see where we pick up today but uh, <laughs> I think people kind of enjoy Agnes on and causing some trouble all right uh Jess Rebeck a lot of um you know the Ravens players tweeting about Chandler Jones and every time there's a player that's available that we've heard of we get excited about it um, I, of course, always work under the assumption that these things aren't going to happen, but sometimes think they should anyway. Um, is there any possibility of the Ravens being in on the Chandler Jones market? I'm glad you pointed that out, because I, I certainly wonder, Glenn, does every fan base have this outburst whenever there's a player that wants to be traded or comes available to the Ravens? Because it seems like, and it's not just the fans, it seems like whenever one of these players is available, everyone immediately jumps to uh, put the Ravens at the top of the list acquiring them. I'm talking even, the, you know, kind of the national media yep. and stuff. But, I, you know, I've said this before, probably on your show I've said it, uh, Eric DaCosta is very much a, a big game hunter. Well, he wants to be involved when there's a, a really good player uh, available. I mean, there's a reason they, they try to keep some excess cap space around. There's a lead for the reason they try to maintain roster flexibility it's for opportunities when a guy they think is a huge different maker becomes available that they can at least go out and make a play for him. Now, the thing about Chandler Jones, he's been available. It's I don't know if he's been available, but it's been known for a while now that he's wanted out. I mean, you know, the trade uh, request and all that, that may have come public uh, this past week, but that's been known kind of for a while around the league. So it didn't sneak up on the Ravens. They've had, you know, weeks to determine whether there's a fit here. Um, and, and what I'd say is I would never rule them out. I'd never rule them out on a player like this. The player fits for the most part. Um, you know, I don't know. Does it matter that they know the Jones family and Arthur could tell Chandler how great it is in Baltimore? I don't know if, if, Chandler needs to hear that. I mean, he was teammates with Terrell Suggs at one point. He, he's been around the league long enough and played in the AFC to know what the Ravens are all about. But uh, the player does fit. Um, there's a need there. But, you know, where do they come up with 15-plus million to get him under the cap this year? That, yeah. that would be my question. They don't have it right now. 
Um, they've abstained all off season from, you know, uh, restructuring deals or pushing money onto future caps for obvious reasons. We know Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and Bradley Bozeman and a host of others could be do new deals. Um, so I, I, I don't feel strongly about it that it happens i i don't see you know they'd have to do a lot to make the money work he'd probably have to uh he'd probably have to agree to a a, a different deal um and you know he's a 31 year old coming off a season-ending injury so sure. uh, how far do the, would the ravens want to go in terms of extension just a lot there to unpack and never mind we haven't even talked about what it would cost in terms of the draft pick currency um, or young players. So um, I don't see it as likely, but I've learned never to rule the Ravens out. And in all these situations, DaCosta at least makes a call. He always does. Uh, he wants to be involved in these uh, talks when there's a, a good good player becomes available at a position of need. Jess Rebeck is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I agree with everything you said, Jeff. And and I'm, I, I add on a level, I wrote about it today for Pressbox, that like, the Ngakwe thing to me is a factor here too. That that they did something so bold, and it was such it just was not a fit, personnel wise, for what the Ravens want from their linebackers. And it, this is a lot to ask. Are are, are they going to be willing? If they were to make a move for Chandler Jones, would they be willing to say, and all we're going to have you do is just go rush the passer? Like it if because if they will, you know, a healthy Chandler Jones, if he's right, it's it's worth it to to do whatever you got to do in order to make it. But but will they be willing to do that scheme-wise, to just say, go be a pass rusher and nothing else? We saw them bring in a, a guy who was just a pass rusher a year ago, and they seem quite reluctant to be willing to do that. Yeah, I think that's a good point, um, Glenn, you know, and, and that's what I've heard a lot of over the last you know couple of days and even earlier this offseason. Like, look, this team – they need to win a Super Bowl. This is their window, and and the pass rusher is the missing piece. Well, I think we're all saying la- that that last year, and they went out and acquired the best pass rusher that was available in Nagakwe, and uh, for whatever reason, it, it, you know, I don't want to say he made no impact, but it certainly was a modest impact. And I don't think it was all on him either. There just seemed to be, uh, you know, questions of how well he fit, both from a personality and a playing style standpoint. And it didn't turn out to be a good fit, you know. So um, would Chandler Jones be different? Uh, you know, if you're you're right, if you're not going to use him strictly as a pass rusher and just kind of have him pin his ears back um, and go get the quarterback, uh, yeah, I, I wonder if he'll be as effective. And then you, and then if you're only going to use him as a situational type rusher, well, you're not going to pay him that type right. of money to be that kind of player. So um, yeah, I, I think we've seen in recent years. The Ravens express confidence in Wink Martindale's ability to scheme pressure. We've also seen time and time again that the Ravens put a bigger priority over coverage on the back end uh, than pass rush on the front. I mean, we've seen that over and over again with the amount they've spent, assets they've spent on their secondary. So, um, yeah, I think the Nagakwe situation does come into play. Um, I think they also feel like they have a bunch of draft picks. Uh, again this coming year scheduled for next year um so uh, maybe there'll be a situation uh, uh, there always is kind of a couple guys that become available their teams fall out of it that they can go get a guy again if they have to and and at that point they wouldn't be paying the whole contract you basically would be paying them no more than half the year and that would fit in a little better with the salary cap i, I think that's all uh, a pertinent uh, those are all pertinent conversations that they'd have to be having 
Seems like a natural segue uh, as it pertains to Adafi Owe, who, of course, they spent the first-round pick on, and I guess there are questions about exactly how they plan to utilize him. We heard that they were very impressed with his ability not only as a run-stopper, but also dropping back into coverage. Is it your expectation that Owe will be playing more of a three-down role for the Ravens in his rookie year? I, I think so. Maybe not from day one. You know, uh, you know, it's it's hard. You you look at these these pass rushers or these outside linebackers they've drafted over over the years, and it always seems that they're kind of eased in. I, I mean, um, there's there's exceptions, of course, but few guys have just been their starter immediately and just been the three down guy and and they're going forward. Um, a lot of these guys, it kind of takes a while, you know, it takes a while to learn the defense. It takes a while to learn the responsibilities. Um, but you know, I don't think you use a first round pick on on a guy like Owe uh, without envisioning him being a three down guy. I just don't know if that happens immediately. I I mean, you know, look, there's a lot of talk about him over the summer from, you know, all of us and, and, you know, reporters who are out there and people commenting that he looks like a project or whatever it is. I didn't see juice from him, yada, yada, yada. Um, They don't feel that way. In fact, they love what they've seen from him. They think he's a freak athletically. They think he wants to be great. Uh, He's pretty much has been as advertised in their mind. They're not disappointed with anything they've seen. But they also recognize that it's going to be a little bit of a process with him. You know, we're not talking about a guy who you expect from week one on just to be, you know, playing 30, 40 snaps a game. I I can't see that right away. Uh, But ultimately, sure, uh, that's the vision for him. And they think he'll be more than capable. And he's certainly athletic uh, enough to handle the other responsibilities that come with playing that position in Baltimore. He is Jeff Zrebeck. He covers the Ravens, the Athletic. He's with us here on GCR. He's got a roster prediction up at the Athletic right now, and I won't give a lot away, but I'll say it involves a member of this year's draft class not making the roster this season. So you can go check that out today uh, at the Athletic. Jeff, one of the things that's interesting for me this season is is like is there a real defined role for Justice Hill? Do they do they envision there to be a a three running back system or is he here to be a special teams guy and you know get an occasional touch where they've zeroed in on JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards are supposed to be the guys that get the ball in this offense? I think they envision Justice Hill uh getting some snaps. I I don't think it's going to be a ton um unless he you know, continually shows that that he's continually making plays. I don't think, you know, anybody, if they, you know, takes advantage of those opportunities and, and you know, looks the part is making big plays, I, I think he'll earn even more snaps. But, I, you know, I keep getting caught up on Glenn, what we saw early last year, and this is not out of respect to Mark Ingram. Uh, this is not disrespectful to Mark Ingram, but um, I thought the three back when they tried to involve all three, I thought it held, it held them back offensively. And um, I think what they need to do is just hammer the, the two guys, uh, establish those two guys in every game early, and, you know, use Justice Hill as an occasional change of pace. Maybe he comes in on third downs. I mean, I think we'd all like to see the running backs involved in the passing game. Um, Justice Hill is more than capable, uh, you know, of helping out in that area. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting, but I do think they plan on him being a little more than a special teams guy. Um, but I also don't, you know, I, I don't see 
I don't see it being divided equally among the three guys at all. You know, right. I, would, I would figure maybe he gets a, a, a couple, you know, a couple touches a game, and and they'll go from there depending on the flow of the game. You mentioned Mark Ingram, and for his deficiencies, maybe as a runner, he still was probably the best pass blocker of the running back core last year. And, we and, saw that, Dobbins, and that became an right. issue with J.K. Dobbins in we the playoffs. We saw Dobbins struggle in that regard. I know they've been talking up his improvement as a pass catcher. We saw Gus Edwards improve last year as a pass catcher. Do they have a third down back currently? How much of that hinges on pass protection? I think that's a huge deal. I, I, I really do. Now, you know... Some teams don't like to bliss Lamar Jackson, um, knowing that if, if he avoids that, you know, he's got a lot of room to head upfield. Um, you know, he loves to use his legs on third down. We know that. Um, but still, there are times where, you know, they, they, they get after the quarterback and they send some guys. And if your running back can't pick up the blitz, he doesn't belong on the field on third downs. And at key moments, uh, of the season, I mean, obviously, as you guys mentioned, the, the Buffalo looms large. Yep. I mean, uh, that's a different game if they could pick up a blitz there um, on, on the. I don't. Oh, was it the pick six or was it the play, the play before? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would it would have been a wide open touchdown. I know, I know, and and it, you know, Dobbins had 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 issues in that area. Obviously, you weren't asking him to do a ton of uh, you know pass pro uh, at Ohio State, and I think that's something he needs to get better at. Uh, Gus Edwards is a big physical guy. There's no reason he can't be better and he can't pick up the blitz. Uh, but Justice Hill's been, been solid in that area at times, and uh, uh, we'll see. But I, I think that's definitely an issue that will determine the snaps for Justice Hill and the other running backs and how much you can leave him on the field. Because the reality is when you get into kind of third and long situations, uh, you need your back to be able to pick up a blitz. And if he can't, he should, you know, he doesn't belong on the field. It's a real, it's a huge problem that people, you know, seem to get lost with. That, like, once upon a time, what is it, Kenneth Dixon, who everybody loved and, and wanted to see more of, and they were like, no, we can't, we can't put him on the field. He can't do it. It's just the reality of it. Um, uh, Jeff, if I could, before I let you go, when when fans get out there this week, I guess take me through where are we with Ronnie Stanley right now, and what will the offensive line look like when when fans get out there to see the Ravens practice. Uh, to kick off training camp? It's a great question, you know, and, and I think Stanley's um, health is, it, I don't know about the biggest story in Camp Glenn, but it's it's 1B. Yeah. You know, the biggest story is always the quarterback. So, uh, but Stanley's right behind, right behind, because all this talk about the offensive line, did they do enough? Is it improved enough? Um the answer is going to be no if Ronnie Stanley's not close to his form that made him dominant because uh, I think a lot of it hinges on his health and and um, you know Harbaugh has said that he doesn't he's not going to push him you know not early in camp uh, he's on the uh, the pup list as we speak but you can come off that at any point uh, when you're ready to practice um, I'd be a little surprised if we see him early. Um, you know, and, but all indications are he, he's made good progress. They still expect him to be ready for the season. I just don't know if we'll see him the first couple of days. And I, I think it may be a bit before we see him as sort of a full participant. We may see him out there doing some of the individual drills and, and then he'll head in uh, when we get into the seven on seven and 11, 11 type things uh, into it for a while, you know, they're not going to take any chances with him. Um, the question, you know, I think Bozeman's established as a center. 
Um, right guard is going to be Zeitler. Uh, right tackle is going to be Villanueva. So that leaves the two spots on the left side. Um, you know, we've seen it over and over again. They make their rookies earn first-team reps. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if either Ben Ben Powers or, or Tyree Phillips start with the first team at left guard, um, maybe Powers, uh, and then they work in Cleveland and he gets some reps at, at starting left guard. But uh, they usually don't like to thrust a rookie there in day one. I mean, Stanley did it, but Stanley was a top-ten right, pick in the draft. Right. We're talking about a third-round guy. So um, that's why I think it, it may be rotated early at left guard. And then who plays left tackle? It's going to be kind of a Band-Aid situation. You don't want to move Villanueva there. You want him getting all the reps at right mm-hmm. tackle. He hasn't played there a lot. You want him getting comfortable and staying on the right side. So, you, you know, you could do you could use Macari there. Uh, I mean, it's sort of a Band-Aid kind of yeah. guy. You could use, uh, you know, um, the veteran Andre Smith, who's been around the league forever. Um, I don't think these guys are guys you want starting, but if it's just to kind of get you through the first right, couple of weeks time. of camp, yeah. uh, you can get away with it. And I guess a similar is it a, is it a similar timeline for Nick Boyle? I think so. Yeah, another guy that um, you know, I think you'll you, you know, I think they'll work him in slowly. You know what Nick Boyle can do. I mean, this guy, he's uh, you know, this guy's a stud, man. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough good things about Nick Boyle and. Anyone I talked to in the off season would have a story about walking by the weight room or walking by the training room and seeing how hard Nick Boyle was working. I mean, they just love this kid there. And, um, you know, we saw him. He was on the field for every practice, even though he couldn't participate. He's catching the ball, being around the other tight ends, being around the running backs. Just loves it, loves ball. I mean, you know, we saw limp. You know, there was a limp there. He's clearly still working himself back. Uh, he tore multiple ligaments in his knee. And, and, you know, I forgot the date of that Patriots game, but I think it was kind of close to midseason. So yeah. it's not like he had a, a, a last summer injury. So he's got some stuff to work on, uh, you know, stuff to get back from. And, and I don't think they're going to push him early either. Uh, he's a hugely important uh, piece on this team. So I, th- I think they'll kind of uh, be patient with him and kind of let him work his way back slowly. It's always great stuff, man. I'd also encourage anybody who hasn't checked it out yet at The Athletic. Um, they're doing a, a, a piece on their uh, top 100 players in football history, and your John Mackey story was really great, man. It was a, a really, really good read. I appreciate that a great deal. Are, are, is, is there, will, we, will you be involved more in that series moving forward? Can we in, assume that at some point? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's funny you say that, Glenn, because I got a piece coming tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the another. This guy's a not a former Baltimore Colt. This guy's a, a long time. Only played for the Ravens in his career. Um, you could probably guess well, uh, who it, it might it, be. Well, it kind of uh, leaves you with one of two. I mean, like it's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and frankly, both of them are still to go. And yeah. I'm writing both, and I'm writing both those stories. Uh, you won't, and, and I'll say this, you won't see the Ray Lewis story for a while. Okay. He's, so I, then we know. Pretty highly, uh, ranked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give away. He's in the top 20 somewhere, uh, in the rankings and I'll be doing that. I did not get assigned the Ed Reed story. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they kind of broke them up by threes and, and I got Mackie and, and the other two guys who you can probably figure out, but, uh, Ed Reed still to come too. And, you know, obviously, uh, there's other former Baltimore Colts still to come. I know we had a Raymond Barry story today. Um, you know, his he's out there. Uh, you know, in terms of the top 100, but love doing the Mackey story. Caught up with Sylvia yeah. Mackey. 
Um, She's the best. You know, and, oh. and what an amazing, uplifting person to speak to. So, yeah, it's been cool. Um, we have 50% off, too. I don't usually pitch a bunch of stuff, but uh, we have a 50% off deal going for the Athletic, and uh, I'll have daily uh, camp content. So I'm excited for the next couple of weeks. At Jeff Zreback on Twitter is how you follow him. Pal, always appreciate you, man. Let's talk again real soon, all right? We love it, Glenn. Hopefully I can see you out there one of these days. I, I, I will get out there. There will not be a full camp without me uh, appearing. It's I will get out there. That's a promise. All right, brother. I'll You'll talk need to, you. to referee me and Bo, I'll tell you I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I leave the two of you alone. I got nothing <laughs> to do with any of that. See you, buddy. Jeff Zreebeck, the athletic, uh, with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time. I do, like, I, I am going to get out to camp at some point, but, like, you have to, you have to go get tested you have to do all these like things that i like had hoped we were past iq tests and stuff well no that clearly come on man like come on <laughs> you know better <laughs> they couldn't they wouldn't i've never been there at any point in my life um you have to go get t- i'm like ah, i thought i was never gonna have to do these things ever again in order to do it but it's what it is i understand i completely understand why it is taking those precautions they want the football games to be played and um, you're they out there. Have, they don't have the verification. I'm sure they do with the players about vaccination stuff. Yeah, I mean, like I've got my card, but right. you know, like they they don't know that I couldn't have made that up. I understand, and and obviously people Better that are safe than sorry. All well, and they're yeah. breakthrough, you know, uh, no positives as well. So I get it. Um, apparently, according to Ben Volin, who covers the NFL for, I think he's now at. The Boston Globe. Andy Benoit got hired by the Rams. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Um, Ben Volan says that as of this morning, 85% of all players have gotten at least one shot, and 14 teams have at least 90%. So it's positive. That's the moving in the right direction. Number. It's the percent of what they're referencing for the NFL. Correct. Right. Correct. Um. Yeah, Andy Benoit. I don't like. I mean, I. I. You know. I think you guys know how I feel about Andy Benoit. I stopped putting him on this show some time ago. Um. There were a couple issues. Like, I. I. I wish I could say it was because I took the right stand after something he said. I decided to stop putting Andy Benoit on because Andy Benoit said one day on Twitter that Joe Flacco had regressed mentally, <laughs> and I said, Andy, you, you are not qualified to say that. I mean, like I. We give a lot of people fake qualifications in football all the time because, like, they watch film. And anybody can watch film. No offense. Anybody can watch film. And, like, I... Not a blind person, Glenn. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. Solid. Um, and that's, like, the part of the reason why I kind of peel back on the PFF stuff is because I was like, oh, you're not really doing sure. the work that I thought you were doing. I'm not going to give you all of the credit that I've been giving you. Um, it's one thing to give someone qualifications as a film watcher, and that was what Andy Benoit was known for, was all the film that he would watch. Sure. You have no qualifications to to speak to whether someone has regressed mentally. Unless he's also the psychiatrist. I mean, yes, (laughs) unless unless you've been seeing Joe Flacco, and that's, by the way, there are some things that are HIPAA violations. Uh, Dak Prescott thinks is HIPAA violation. Um, but that would presumably be a HIPAA violation if, imagine, if yes. he was Joe Flacco's doctor. And so my point was, Andy, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. Like, not, I don't Out hate balance, you. Yeah. This isn't a, I, you know, I, I feel like fighting for Joe Flacco. It's a, you have no qualification to say that. You, if you, what you want to say is, I think he's made poor decisions as to whether to throw the ball or what. That's, that's completely fair game. To say a human being has regressed mentally is so beyond the pale. I, 
you should be laughed off the internet. Sure. At that point. No, that's not how it works but, in this country. We, Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really know how you tell the difference, frankly, well, and Joe Flacco. Saying, like, the internet loves to rail on Joe Flacco for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. So that was the moment where I said, I, I can't put Andy Benoit on anymore. I can't do it. If, if you're unwilling, and I, and I said, Andy, just say, hey, I, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said something else. That, that says you have an agenda. That says that you are not being, you're not objective. F- objective, correct. And if that's the case, I can't put you on anymore. I can't have conversations with you because you're not an objective observer of football. You're someone who wants to just say bombastic things for the sake of saying bombastic things. And when I challenged him about it, he fought me about it and was really mad. And I just said, Andy, if you, it, it we'll end this here. If you can't just say, hey, I, I said that wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I meant something else. I, I, I didn't word it. Sure. If you don't understand why you can't say another human being has regressed mentally, if you don't understand why that's not something you can say as an observer of football, then we can't do this any longer. I did not know at the time that Andy Benoit had apparently tweeted some disparaging things about women's sports. Um, had the, the I wasn't aware of that. Either. Somebody said something. They made a joke about. Yeah, I know Andy Benoit's a big women's soccer fan or something like that, and he tweeted back, uh, "Women's soccer uh, soccer is awful. All women's sports are awful," or something like that. And right, so sure. I felt much better about the fact that he wasn't somebody that was going to be coming on this program any longer. Andy Benoit's been hired by the Rams. Congrats to him. Whatever. That's yeah. I. I just. I. That's. That's what it is. But um. Not. Not a voice that you've heard on this show in a long time. For I was considered for the position. With the Rams. Yeah. Why didn't you? What. What was the? Did they tell you why it is that you missed? They the said cut? I was too good at watching film. Oh weird. really? Yeah. I don't even know that this is a film watching job. I got well, the sense. They said I was too good at whatever. I think it was the they job he got was like being Sean McVay's personal assistant, essentially. Like I that was. Know. I thought that's what I read. I had to do with football operations, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Andy Benoit uh, has been hired as the assistant to Rams coach uh, Sean McVay slash special projects. A re- he'll be a regular sounding board and researcher for McVay. So I have no idea. They were going to use me as a sounding board. You were just going to be the sounding board. You couldn't handle the research part of it. That was a little bit too much to ask. Uh, the uh, the new print issue of Pressbox, available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Or read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Talia Tungavailoa, Maryland quarterback, on the cover. Can he be the guy to sort of usher change for the Maryland football program? Saw some positive things. Long way to go. We'll see They're not in the SEC. Everybody else is. I, I, mean, I didn't get to talk about that really. There's it's, so it's, many other things to talk about. It's laughable, but so is college athletics. So I don't I don't really know how to feel about it. I there was reports yesterday that maybe like the SEC and the ACC would talk about becoming a super conference together. Sure. Like it, at at some point. Why don't they just get Clemson to join? <laughs> well, but no. At, at some point, they have to figure out what like everybody get together, decide what we're going to be, just decide it, and then let everybody let the chips fall where they may. Um, in the meantime, if the Big 12, the eight, if they're not going to just be 
these massive super conferences. If the Big 12 wants to go pick off Cincinnati and and Memphis and Central Florida and I'm not going to fill that you hole. You know, <laughs> BYU. It's not going to be Oklahoma and Texas, right, but, but it's something. Th- and it's no worse than the Pac-12's Bennett football. In fact, it's not outside. Of, well, the Big East doesn't exist. In basketball, they do. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but the Pac-12 has been irrelevant at football for some time. Although they were impressive in basketball well, last year. Okay, so I'm not sure what that has to do. Football is what these decisions are being made by football. I get it. These these, a lot of people said, well, Maryland or the Big Ten should go try to get Kansas because we're making maybe the best basketball league in the country. Well, they're not. They don't want Kansas. They want football programs. They want markets. Really Dame. is what they want. Everybody wants. Well, them. everyone wants Notre yeah. Dame. Sure. Um, not the SEC. I'd hope they take them. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. That'd the SEC funny. might just become <laughs> the whole country might become. The, it might be the SEC and then everybody else. That might be the way that this. The, these dramatic things we've heard about football, where it's it's just going to be the top programs in competing in one division, like that's probably going to happen. And it might be that that's the SEC. That the SEC picks the four, something else though, right? the, whatever they want to do. They pick the 40 teams they want, and that's going to be the highest level of college football, and they're going to have their own championship, and they're going to keep all the money in-house, and they're going to separate themselves from everybody else. They're going to say, you don't if, if you're Kansas or Rutgers football or Maryland, you don't offer anything to us. And so Maryland better get on that horse soon, you know? Talia Tungavailoa. <laughs> Go pick it up right now uh, for free. Neighborhood, Royal Farms, end of the home. Hundreds of locations around town. I don't know why I'm struggling. Or find it online at pressboxonline.com. I don't know what happened there. It's I think because I was going from one thing to another. Maybe I don't know what that was. Come back in, young Utes. Uh, tidbit, tubular, all still to come. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Here it watch out. For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. 
Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it adam cole how are you guys doing today matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com. Slash Radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's program also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop in to one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. All right, it's that time. And that song, of course, is "Young Folk." Yeah, well, well young folks. Young folks. Yeah, by I forget. John, I forget who it's by. And Peter. It's a little bit before Flip my it, time. Reverse Why did they not give Missy Elliott? John the last name? Well, I don't know. I'm not in the band. I couldn't tell you. By the way, rude. I discovered a banger of a song yesterday. Song of the Summer. What's it called? I got to remember what it's called now. <laughs> it's called Red Button. It's by. Asia or Aja or Aja, A-J-A is her name. Oh, Asia. I th- that, there isn't a band Asia, there but like a, a band, while yes, Asia. Oh, that's what I no, thought you were talking a- about. I was like, a- new stuff A-J-A, <coughs> the song's called Red Button. I don't know anything about her. I don't know if she's got any other music, but oh, she's apparently 16. Or, no, she's either 16 or 17. The internet's conflicted on that. Huh. It's a banger. It is an absolute. It's the song of the summer. It Olivia is the Rodrigo. best. It's the best non-Olivia Rodrigo song. I've I don't heard know any of her music. Time. That you. It's not the best. You're not really missing much. It's not Get my the cup of tea. Out of here. Olivia Rodrigo fan? is phenomenal. Olivia Rodrigo is music, dude. No, Olivia I'm not Rodrigo. saying. I'm not saying that she's not not good. I'm just she's, she's not missing. Unbelievable, Olivia Rodrigo. The That's Tyler album is the- great. The Tyler what? The creator. His I, new album is fantastic. If you say so. He he just it, it, he's look. I was not a fan border, of him when he was too younger. Much, there's too much noise with Tyler the Creator for me. Wait, what was, what was the last much. you listened to? Did you listen to Igor? 
I don't remember. I, I mean, he's, remember. his last three albums, Flower Boy, Igor, and now Call Me If You Get Lost, are musically wonderful. You're right. tied the creator fan. I, I'm not. I, I really did not I like gave, him when he was I Odd gave, Future. I could take, take just, that and leave it was, away from me. It's just too, too much. There was way too much. It's the radio it's thing. horror stuff. Like, there's way too much of there is a fine line between music and noise. And he I get what you're saying. I didn't used to like him. I did not used to like him, but he... He, I always say, he and Mac Miller, rest in peace, were the two artists who, when they first came out, didn't like them, didn't, uh, their music did not speak to me. And it was not I, necessarily Mac, for me. Mac Miller didn't Mac do anything Miller for me, but his, musically, he ended up being quite ended good. Ended up being yes. a fantastic, and, and I put them in the same category as how much they've grown musically. I might be willing to reconsider Igor is one, of, it's not even a rap album. Igor is truly a musically I, I great would, album. I'd be willing to consider it, but he lost me, man. It's just that you gotta it's gotta be music. It can't be noise. This is the Radiohead. I Radiohead I'll you talk to some you talk to some people about Radiohead and they're like, it's the greatest they're the greatest musicians that have ever lived. And then you actually listen to Radiohead and you're like, not a lot of this is just noise. That's all it is. It's just noise. I get what you're saying. Uh, the band Arcade Fire falls into that. Uh, Panic at the Arcade, of course. No, that's a different thing entirely. But the band Arcade Fire falls into that trap a good bit where it just becomes noise at I, some point. I get what you're saying. Yep. I think you should give his last three albums in particular. Igor's my favorite of the three. Oh, but this uh, one's I'm great. sorry. I'll be too busy listening to Red Button by Aja. Aj- <laughs> Aja on repeat for the rest of eternity. It's the greatest song. Fair it enough. is just so effing good. Is that what the Utes are talking about? I don't know what the Utes are talking about. That's why we have young Jack here to tell us what it is that the Utes are talking about. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, over the weekend, I guess like a couple days ago, uh, there was a Drew League basketball game with Isaiah Thomas, and it was just cool to see. Wait, which Isaiah Thomas? The Not the one the Pistons won, the Celtics, I guess. The, young, the, the younger one, Isaiah yeah, Thomas. the one the that's like problem. 31. Yes, correct. The one When you think Isaiah Thomas, right. that's the guy you're thinking of. Um, so he kind of just absolutely dominated in that league, and it was in that well, who particular was, Who game. else was playing? In this particular yeah. game, he was like the headliner. Well, then, okay, that doesn't really mean all. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I mean, he's been out of the league. He's been dealing with injuries. I mean, that's pretty much the reason why he's out of the NBA. It was like that hip problem that's been ongoing like for thirty-two now. Probably. Yeah, I think he's thirty-two. Um, so it was just kind of cool. People like are really quick to forget, especially on like social media and everything, that like he happened to have been one of the best point guards in the NBA just not that long ago. I mean, I think it was like 2016, 2017, He averaged like almost thirty points and like. Would go out on a nightly basis and kind of just but like. It seemed like no one ever really wanted. Yeah, him. Um, like, he was like on the Celtics and was the best player because they didn't have anybody else to shoot and like he got a lot of chances. And then good teams were like, I don't think this guy's helping us really. I don't think he was ever a good enough shooter. I never understood why he couldn't be a Jamal Crawford instant offense off the bench kind of guy. Uh, I mean, Jamal Crawford's like six. Three. three, yeah, I and he's it. like five nine, something I like hear that. You. I maybe mean, it's, on a good day, yeah, spot up yeah. Shooter, if he's a good, en- I mean, maybe he's not a good enough three point shooter to just stand there and hit shots. But I don't know. I mean, he's probably a very big liability defensively. Oh, well. yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about it. By the way, I just pulled a up very a, small. Liability. I just pulled up his timeline in his career. Isaiah Thomas spent uh, three seasons with the Kings, then one season with the Suns, then two seasons with the Celtics, then one season with the Cavaliers, then half a season with the Lakers, then one season with the Nuggets, then one season. Like he Veritable is, who's who. Oh, my God. it is. This would be a Patrick Stevens game that we'd be playing. And with then Isaiah with the Drew Thomas. League as well. Yeah. 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 Well, I thought there'd be real players playing. I saw a picture of Shannon Brown, very unflattering angle. I think he's not quite as fat as he looked in the picture, but no, he's not looking I, as good I as he used I haven't to, thought yeah. about Shannon Brown in Nor had a I. very long time. 
So yes. what, did, what did he do? How many did he score? He scored 37 points, actually. And then uh, maybe it was yesterday, actually. I don't know when these games take place, but these videos just kind of circulate whenever. But there was a video of Trey Young also playing a game in the Drew League. So like there are NBA guys. Okay. That's why I was, that are, I, that's that why I was thinking that. that there yeah. might have been real players. So, I mean, he didn't play. They didn't play against each other. It was two separate games. But like there are NBA guys, top NBA guys, I mean, Trey, playing in those. So it's fun to see those guys playing in the, in the Summer League. Not even just like with... NBA, other NBA players, but just guys that are trying to like make a professional my, living. My, and my favorite moment in my career covering Baltimore sports was a summer league game. Yeah. It was the uh, legendary Carmelo LeBron James game at Morgan State. Uh, Melo was part of it, yes. Right. Seems that the summer league kind of brings out a different But this was this was people. the summer of Kevin Durant. This was when he was going off and scoring 60 points. In every. This was during the lockout, and it was LeBron, Durant. And actually, I think we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of this game. Um, LeBron, Durant, Mello, Chris Paul was a part of that game. Bunch of hoopers, um, you know, not basketball players, hoopers. Yeah, yeah, it was, dude, it was, and it was at Morgan State, and we had to be snuck in the side door um, by well, Todd Bozeman. Yeah. Well, no, because we were told there were no credentials. Like, we were told we're not doing any credentials for the event. You got to buy a ticket if you want to go. And I was like, mm, okay, I'll, you know, like, I'd probably still be willing to do that. It's LeBron James playing at Morgan State, like, I'd, and Dur- Kevin Durant, I'd probably be willing to do it. Then we got there that day, and the line was so effing long that we were not going to be getting tickets. We would not be getting in if we stayed in the line. And so I, I, I pulled out the last card that I had, and I called Todd Bozeman, and I said, any chance you could sneak me in? And he literally was like, come around to this side door. It was very covert. Like, we're doing this number. We're, like, not showing our heads. Like, it was a whole thing. But, yeah, it was a, it was a really great night. Love yeah. summer league games. How many did Isaiah Thomas score it? I don't think he played in that game, pal. <laughs> I don't think he was on the floor for that one. You know, there were, like, Gary Neal, who we talked to recently, was part of that game. And I think Juan Dixon snuck onto the floor at one point. Like, I think every once they found out who was playing – Every local basketball player of that was, that was even that? remotely connected, like tried to figure out a way into that game. Rudy like I, I assume so. I don't remember. Someone you know, played like, small things so. about time. That was yeah. fun. Next on the list. So the next thing that I have is um, the Norway beach. The women's beach volleyball team has been getting some backlash for their. Uh, I'm confused by all of this. So, so am I. So yeah. they got it. They got every player got fined. I guess, I guess the equivalent of like U.S. dollars, like fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred dollars a person. Because they didn't wear. So bikini. they didn't wear the dress code, which is like a bikini, and they wore something more of like. But covers better. No, they wanted to wear something that was more. They wore like compression shorts. And then they were like a sports bra kind of yeah, thing. Kind of and weird. it's they were like violating the uh, sort of reeks of some toxic. Well, I, there's, there's a lot to this, right? Well, so and they're, so they're, oh, I'm sorry. But no, are you going to tell us about Pink? Is that yeah, what you're going to tell us? Yeah. So then the singer? Yeah. So the singer actually came in and stepped in and it was offering to pay the, the fines for everybody on the, uh, the volleyball, the, the beach volleyball team for Norway. And I don't understand why it's considered like the improper, like not classic, right. like the uniform, so to speak, for beach volleyball. I mean, it, I kind of it, always just assumed could, they wore bikinis because they wanted. To. Right. That was what I assumed. I also thought the last Olympics, or like one of the more recent Olympics, it was so cold that I thought I remembered like seeing players wearing like body suits because. So she- the, I don't think they did. Uh, I don't think they did the beach volleyball at the Sochi games. I want to say like Brazil. It was so cold. Um, when I they only were, remembered locked. And they played volleyball. like beach volleyball at like eleven o'clock at night. Like they were playing late games, 
for the like the it was a cool atmosphere to sure. have the late night crowd lights on over at the beach volleyball courts. And so that was I was also confused by that because I could have sworn I remember like being allowed to wear other things because of the weather. So I was like, so why wouldn't they be allowed if they're more comfortable That's wearing right. this? I think there's a couple things going on though. Sponsors, I perhaps, but more than that, if if you want to do this. I think you've just got to make sure everybody has the same opportunity to do it, right? Like, if Norway was the only country that showed up to play beach volleyball with these uniforms, mm-hmm. I agree you should be able to play in what you're comfortable in. Like, I, I get why, like, the pro beach volleyball tour might say, hey, you know, for marketing reasons, it's it's probably good for Steel you if you're... pays us quite a bit of money. Right, or know, just like, let's or be honest about it. it. I like, get it, yes. I like enjoy your, beach volleyball. Your marketing value might be more significant if you are more scantily clad. And that's not saying that's okay or that it's good. It's just unfortunate the reality of the circumstances. And if you want to build your brand, the beach volleyball tour might say, we really encourage you to wear this uniform on the beach volleyball. Now, who knows what the beach volleyball tour is? Nobody, I do. The only time we watch beach volleyball is when it's going on during the Olympics. My point being... I'm I tend to agree with Norway, right? Like, dude, wear what you're comfortable in, except for if everybody you're playing against has to wear something they're not comfortable in and you're the only one that gets to wear something you're comfortable like the in. Yankees and cotton. Exactly right. You know, everybody knows uh, why do the Yankees always win? Because everybody's staring at the pinstripes. Everybody knows no, that. Yeah, it's more breeds better. Yeah, correct. I have I've heard that somewhere along the lines. It was an overrated show, um, drastically overrated show. Wrong. But the point being, like, I do understand like the it's a competitive advantage for Norway if they're allowed to wear the thing they're comfortable in, and their opponents are like picking their wedgies all game. That is a competitive advantage. That I understand the the, the powers that be saying we can't just allow you to get this type of competitive advantage. That's we did some research. Well, we got to get you out there in a bikini and out there in the sports bra. Be willing to do it. I'd be, I'd be willing to do it. I was really bummed. I actually watched the U.S. Russia men's indoor volleyball game uh, last night. The U.S. was like no up. bikinis, right? No, no bikinis at all. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Why did I even tune in? Um, the U.S. was was up in every set and lost in three or four of them. Here, that's not ideal. Not great. Not great. Um, Guess what we're talking about? Do you see the guy from the gymnast from Russia who tore his Achilles three months ago and then won gold last night? I heard about it. I didn't yeah. see it. That's cool. That's pretty, yeah. pretty wild. I don't know how you medically ill advised. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know how you was can it even like walk. The rings? But was he doing just the one where you're elevated and? Yeah, I believe so. Just the one where he's upper still body only. I, yeah, but the, I mean, if you don't need to dismount, then it's a little different. But yeah, that's still pretty wild. Uh, got, I mean, God bless. I mean, yeah. it's, it's probably they dismount though. What? On the rings one? Do they dismount on that? They got to do something, right? Like they get off the rings somehow, don't they? I'm sorry. I just don't watch gymnastics. Yeah, it's not I'm not, not too familiar, me. but cool that he yeah, was no, able to win wild. gold on a torn Achilles. Uh, uh, two things. Good on Pink. I mean, like, you know, that's a, it's, it's, I, I like Pink. I've always liked Pink. I always thought that she made Great some, singer. some pretty good music, honestly. Yeah. Like, she always seemed kind of cool, like a little bit different than other pop stars. Like, she kind of came off. She as had being, pink hair. Did you know that? No. Yeah. No, now wait, what? I like to do the fun facts, you know. Man, I had no idea. Tidbits. No clue whatsoever. I don't know why. I always, I always dug her in a way that I didn't dig Avril other. Levine. I don't know. I always did dig. Did uh, you know that that's not the real Avril Lavigne? Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> I always liked Pink. I was always a big fan. Um, I said big fan. I've never like gone to a Pink concert. I was always an like Evanescence that. guy. You know. I was an Evanescence. Evan- I was legitimately an Evanescence guy when their first album came out. That bring me to life. That song was a bop. Yeah. That song, that song uh, stained, was, yeah. of course, her and stained. 
Would they? Was it Stained? I thought wake it was. I can't wake up. I thought it was a different band. Mm, it was Evanescence. The lead singer of Evanescence and Stained, the lead singer. Making, I don't making think hits. that's true. Pretty positive it was. I don't believe that's I'll the case whatsoever. I don't think Aaron Lewis had anything to do with that. Evanescence. I don't can't think spell so. It, but I'll try yeah. and Stained. I'm sure you're gonna find some things between Evanescence and Stained, but I don't think that song had anything to do with Aaron Lewis. Seether. Seether. That sounds <laughs> that? more like it. Well, that. they also had one with Amy Lee. Who? Uh, uh, stained. Well, that might be true, but it wasn't that hey, song. <laughs> it's epiphany. Not, you don't we know, know Epiphany. <laughs> I could probably name another Evanescence song, by the way, besides Bring Me to Life. Um, uh, Broken. Broken yep, was one. a big hit for Evanescence right also afterwards. Also Seether. It was a ballad. What's that? Also with Seether. They, they were really... They, they meant, but I, maybe she was dating that guy. That might be the story there. She might have been dating the guy from Seether. Glad we got to the bottom of that. We, I don't know how that just happened, but I like Pink was the point of all <laughs> of this. I enjoy Pink and good on her for, uh, for, for... For speaking up. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. And, and yes, let, let volleyball players wear what they're comfortable in, for Christ's sake. I don't, I don't get why it was such a big story. I mean, it's not... The actual like the difference is like maybe two three inches of yeah. of clothing. So like I don't I don't know. It seems like the Olympics are just like out to get. No, they want to wear no, pants. But, I, but again, you're out. ignoring the. It, well, yes, it is like it is like part of the like the sport. Well, it's it's like it, same reason why you have to wear like, more but, comfortable. But you, yeah. Right, you've got to wear the same. Like right. you, you can't. Yeah. You we can't. You can't let a team have an advantage because they're breaking the rule that everybody else isn't breaking. Right, like if if the other teams would be more comfortable wearing their shorts than. They need to be allowed to wear their shorts too. You can't just say, you know, hey, this rule. This goes back to we're talking about rules. It it does have to be fair and equitable. This is unlike the fact that marijuana is not a performance enhancer in that conversation. This this does cause a situation where one team is out there completely uncomfortable picking wedgies every couple of points, like Rafi on a doll, and the other team is out there like I'm good. Yeah, and that's not that's not fair. Um, number yeah. three. Yeah. So the third one, we're taking a little. Different different route on this one, but um, there was a new invention that kind of came out. It's um, it's called the personal blast fan, and pretty much what it is, it's a you wear like this this ring, this plastic ring. Somebody was talking about this thing. Yeah, so it's uh, I like fans. I'm a big fan of fans. It's a personal air conditioning system that you wear around your neck, and it like breathe. You can like set the temperature, and you can control like how much air and how little air comes out. And I was reading about it. It's kind of a cool story about like a wife and a husband who kind of created this whole thing because the wife keeps the temperature, the air conditioning temperature on right. high in her right. house. And they were just constantly sweating. This, so is, a, were this like, is a real issue that yeah. exists so in, they were like, in marriages. So they were like, oh, we got to fix this. And it turns out that um, the wife, or maybe it was the husband, is an aerospace engineer who was just trying to get to the bottom of this and fed up he yeah he was like i'm enough with the, the the air conditioning being on 78 like we gotta we gotta drop that to 65 so he went on and, and created this whole thing so through through trial and error he I don't, is this, this is, what is this like. yeah my friend i have a friend yeah. i have look a, worse i have a friend and she, like is, headphones. she is an, uh, a football agent and she i saw this the other day because she was wearing the same thing and i was like holy crap and then like all of the football players she represents were like in her comments like what the f how do i get one of yeah. those so then is it i got a couple questions because it seems like a good thing for where we're trending uh geologically uh, ecologically yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. is it helping or is it hurting in that way though 
I don't know, but it helps me. I so. get that, but that's kind of how we got where we're here now. I you hear know? you. I hear you. I Do you know you. if it's uh, does it does it produce any sort of negative impact on the environment, or is that part of their consideration when they? I don't believe this? so. No, like the way it's, you, it runs off of a, a charge, but I know like the battery inside is like the same as like the hoverboard I'm all or for like it. the electric scooters. Like the, so, they've been known to like you know sometimes they blow up sometimes, but I don't. Think well, that's not a problem. There hasn't been any stories with this yet. It's very also like relatively new, but um. The battery says it lasts up for for 30 hours so you can just keep it it running the entire day so there's a plus very comfortable that's like one of the things that they do pride themselves on is that like once it's on you kind of like get the feel for it like after a little bit you just don't even realize i'm I'm all in on i'm all in on this thing it's like when you see like how like broadcasters on espn get to have access to like cooled vests they put them underneath their suits it's like where do i go about getting one of those yeah i definitely like that one of those for sure no doubt outdoor weddings have i been to sweating through my suit i don't need to keep doing that yeah by the way i i'll never understand like we were down at the beach house last week and i kept saying like how are you living like it was so hot when we would go to bed like how are you alive and she'd be like i'm comfortable like i want to die can't sleep like (laughs) Like, i uh, correct. Right. It ruins it, and I don't sleep much to begin with. It's, ma- it's a really major fun. step up. You know, like the water bottle that has like the fan yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Flick the it's kind of low rent. It's kind of low rent. Yeah. It's kind of low rent. But also it's probably a, cheaper, though. Yes, also probably yeah, cheaper. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, much no cheaper. That. But yeah. no, it's so uh, maybe Very get, cool. check them out. Yeah. Very cool. All right, that was a Young Utes. Young Utes also brought to you today by uh, your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day. When you get that, your hands on a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Tidbit is brought to you by Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, no interest for two full years. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. All right, some information or statistics were released about how quarterbacks or teams as a whole fare on third down and 10 or more yards to go. Of course, conventional wisdom suggests the Ravens are My first suggestion, don't be in third down or 10 or more yards. Yeah, it might help also. But the Ravens are, of course, a run-first offense. People will heave criticism at Lamar Jackson as to his passing ability and efficiency and accuracy and all that stuff. Well, the Ravens have the highest conversion rate of any team in the air on third down and 10 or more, converting at just a shade below 50% with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. And also... That's, by the way, he also runs in those situations, too. We'll get there. The yeah. average air yards for Lamar are actually third as well in that capacity, behind only the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Lamar does run in those situations. He actually only had five carries in those situations, though, three of which resulted in first downs for a little bit of a mouche-bouge appetizer of sorts for the trivia here. Which two quarterbacks had more first downs in third and ten situations? Kyler Murray. Yes, he had ten. Um, How about Josh Allen? No. 
Mahomes. Indeed. Yeah. Pat Mahomes, good at everything. You're not, Lamar, you're, not, you're not good at this, Jack. You need to get on my level. He helped stand last week. Lamar on third and 10 last year was 24 27 on 33 dropbacks. He actually had an interception. We don't love that, but that's all right. Uh, all things considered, he ranked sixth in wins above replacement and first in expected points added in that contest. Is the point that Lamar Jackson's good? Because yeah. I, I believe you. Yes, yeah. I, like, I, I need you to know, I believe you. The Ravens and the Buccaneers are, according to odds, Shark. Mm, give me more breaking news. Like, like, tied women, like women run hotter than men do. Tied. Colder than men do. Damn it. Tied for the fifth most likely Super Bowl matchup this season. The Ravens and Buccaneers at uh-huh. plus thirty three hundred. Okay. Which five matchups have a equal or higher likelihood? Was this um did this come out after Aaron Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers news or it before it? Did. Came out afterwards? Yes. Okay. So Chiefs Buccaneers. Number one, plus 1,200 odds. Chiefs Packers? Plus 3,300, tied with Bucks Ravens. Hmm. Um, uh, Bills Buccaneers? Plus 2,800, tied for second with two other matchups. The ones you're Bills and Packers. For. Not Bills Packers. I gotta figure out who the other NFC team is. They think has the Rams. They gotta be in it. So you think it's like Chiefs Rams? Yeah, that could be one. Plus twenty eight hundred for Chiefs Rams. Bills Rams. Not Bills Rams. Chiefs Seahawks. Not Chiefs Seahawks. For what it's worth, I don't. I don't know if I agree with them being... Browns, Buccaneers? No. The NFC team that you're looking for... Is the Cowboys? It is not. I don't exactly understand why they're so high on this team, as high as they are. The 49ers? Niners, Chiefs. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess it... Coming back from injuries and everything. I mean, Trey Lance, they're thinking maybe if he ends up being as good as they hope. I I get they're good, right? Like, they're good. Two years ago, that was the Super Bowl matchup. But still, yes. Plus 2,800 for Niners, Chiefs. All right. Very good. Tidbit also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tubular brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. The Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair. It includes Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, James Prochet, so many more. Get your tickets right now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8S, Memorabilia.com. And there is a $350 mega ticket. It gets you your pictures and autographs with all 10 Baltimore football players present and, in Lenny Moore's case, past during the Maryland State Fair and the Purple Takeover. Again, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8S, Memorabilia.com. Uh, here's what's coming up, totally tubular-wise. By the way, I actually was up early this morning at a dentist. By the great bit that I did where I remembered I had an early morning dentist appointment as I was going to bed at 2 a.m. last night after watching tennis. Really Lovely. good time for me to remember that I had a 7.30 a.m. dentist appointment. You did good. It was awesome. So I've, I've, I've got plenty of sleep. Life is, life is just great. 
Um, but I was up, and so I watched the uh, the softball game. Was very disappointed. The U.S. never scored any runs. Uh, particularly disappointed. They had two runners on in the bottom of the sixth. I don't remember who it was, but she sent a screaming liner out towards left field. It just happened to get part of the third baseman's arm and ricochet into the air to allow the shortstop to catch it. And that was how the threat ended, and it was a real bummer, man. Just a real bummer for the U.S. softball team as they lose the gold medal game to Japan this morning. It is what it is. Here's what's coming up tonight. We talked about earlier, Orioles-Marlins. They open up a series, 7 o'clock on Mass and 2. Sandy Alcantara, Spencer Watkins, who's maybe the best pitcher in baseball. The pitching matchup for that. Mass and Nationals Phillies at 7. MLB Network Blue Jays Red Sox at 7. ESPN has coverage of the ba- the basketball tournament at 7. Olympics, 8 o'clock on NBC and USA and CNBC. Nothing live until 4 a.m. tomorrow on NBCSN. And, uh, of course, the tennis is on the Olympic Channel starting at 10 o'clock. Highlights tonight, uh, the U.S. basketball team back in action against Iran at 1240 a.m. The only place to see it live is Peacock. Uh, NBC's coverage includes apparently the U.S.-Hungary women's water polo matchup at 1230. I know you never miss it when those teams get Truly together. Truly never do. Uh, USA's coverage apparently includes the USA-Sweden men's beach volleyball matchup and the USA-Tunisia men's indoor volleyball matchup, as well as well as the three-on-three three on three basketball finals, which I believe are tomorrow morning. Sci-Fi Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Give me some non-sports highlights. Chopped, 9 o'clock, Food Network, always fun. Um, uh, Miracle Workers, 10.30 on TBS. You have to check out this new I season. Do, I do need to look at Miracle Workers at Honestly, the first season's not amazing. The first one should have been better. It was better than the second one. I I'm, I'm still have hope for the third. looks like it's a good concept. Okay. Um, that's on TBS, 10.30. Uh, something called America's Book of Secrets, special edition, 8 o'clock on you're History doing, You're doing the jack bit. You're doing the same thing you did yesterday. You're talking to the side of the microphone. you got to talk into your microphone. Move your uh, microphone Real with Sports you with Brian Gumble, 10 o'clock on HBO. Uh, I love it when like you do something wrong and your response is, <laughs> like, just, just say, rock, I'm sorry, I'll fix that. The it's rock, not hard. The Rock. What about him? Kimmel. Kay. Johnny Knoxville also. With Anthony Anderson, of course. Not was, the, was The Rock part of Jackass 4? No, he's in that Jungle Jeez, Cruise. And stuff and things. Check it all out. Clankclarkradio.com. Thanks today. Oh, yeah. Tubular was also brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Thanks today to former Oriole David Hess, now at the Marlins. They get ready for that series. Thanks to former Cardinal Bertrand Barry, uh, gave us some thoughts on Chandler Jones. And thanks also to Jeff Zrebeck from The Athletic. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Aaron Wiggins. Yeah, Aaron Wiggins is going to join us tomorrow. Of course, the NBA draft is Thursday night, so we will chat with the uh, former Terp tomorrow before the draft as he is hoping to hear his name called. Does not seem to be a guarantee. Of course, the NBA draft is the most difficult by far. Like, after you get past the first handful of guys, it's a bunch of guys that could go anywhere from, like, 20 to not being drafted. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of guys that people think aren't going to be drafted that are going to end up going in the first round. Like, it is such a crapshoot after that point. Seven things, iron and fires, you know, all that good stuff. Okay, that's what we got coming up tomorrow. 
Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Thanks to Jack as well. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Birds. Go Team USA. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.